This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest Short Shots. This is where me and Rich take a look exclusively at some short films. In this particular episode, this is a martial arts extravaganza. Um, we're looking at, in total, 33-0 short films, all to do with martial arts. Um, we might not be going into depth with some of them. We're going to sort of group them together a little bit. Um, so we've come up with a few headings. <clears throat> we, uh, excuse me. We have uh, two blokes fighting, women in action, unsafe houses, shot in the woods, in the mind, revenge slash rescue, battle of the sexes, and sci-fi. So uh, we've got those sort of general headings. We're going to be grouping some of these films under them. However, Rich, the first film we're going to look at um, mm. doesn't quite fit into any of these categories. There's a bit of an outlier. Um, it is called uh, Hook Sword Hunter. It is probably, it's it's one of the more amateurish ones. That's, that's not a derogatory thing um, or a criticism. It's, it's just how it is. Um, it is, uh, th there are sound issues, the choreography, um, could be sort of sped up a bit. The acting is, you know, it's it's a bit flat, a bit amateurish, but it's still quite a fun short. Um, it's one of the few that uses weapons, uh, sort of traditional weapons in this case, uh, you know, the hook sword um, yes. and sort of the traditional sort, sort of more, I don't know, not exactly a broadsword, is it? But even so. Um, so we have this sort of brother and sister or, or two detectives who carry swords around with them, uh, investigating a murder in a, in a park. Ah, that's where we should have done it. It should have come under the it, shot in the woods. But there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a, in, on the amateurish side. However, you know, the, the actual sort of fight scenes and the sort of the, um, the weapons work works very well. Yeah, I think that's what I mean. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, have I jogged your memory yet? <laughs> Which one is yeah, this? Well, you have a bit. As I say, it was, um, I, unfortunately, with, with curating this amount of shorts, mm. um, uh, I haven't. This is one I haven't had a chance to to rewatch. Um, I just, uh, I, I know we we talked about that shortly before we started recording. The um, the reason I really sort of like this one and sort of put this one in there is because it's by a group called Dragon Lords, uh, right. who we first saw at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, which is essentially the the motivation, essentially what kind of got us starting about talking about so many shorts in the first place and was really the genesis of this particular program because we were trying to put this together as a celebration of um, the of this year's Fighting Spirit Film Festival. We just unfortunately mm. didn't get a chance to do that. We will be covering a couple of the films that were part of that, which is, which is, um, which is um, I'm appreciative of. Um, but the Dragon Lords say we saw that there. And what I like about this film and... Uh, the fact that it doesn't really, you can't really pigeonhole it against uh, um, a lot of the other stuff is that they are quite ambitious in what they're trying to do. Um, they're work, you know, they're, they're not the most experienced, but they they keep going at it and um, putting pulling together films with narratives, uh, which we we don't often see. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, yes, they're they're still learning and they're still getting there. 
but I can see a lot of potential here with these guys. Uh, the the um, they they put out you know several films. I think they've uh, uh, done you know a lot of it is very much nodding to like Shaw Brothers kind of stuff, and I think they do mm-hmm. like a nice job of that. This is one of their more this is one of their contemporary. Films, yeah, it's a, it's a um, nice mix, you know. It, it's a contemporary setting that you know it's it's mm. a police procedural kind, yes. of kind of thing, but at the same time we've got these sort of very traditional style, you know, Shaw Brothers style sort of fight sequences in the middle of it. Yeah, and you can. De- I definitely feel like um, you know they're they're, they're going to keep growing as filmmakers, and we'll, we'll be seeing. You know, they'll be like some of the next. They'll be doing some of the next Marshall Club kind of stuff oh, yeah. eventually. I think they're going to get to that level. I feel I feel quite confident about that. So, mm. yeah, the um, it was nice to see. It's always I subscribe to their channel. I keep a lookout for their stuff. And uh, you know how you know some issues aside, yes, you know especially there's there's some performance, um, you know acting uh, problems that kind of drag the film down a little bit. But you know that's that's uh, I you know I'm being a bit. I don't like to be too harsh. I try to focus on the positives. And mm. what we've got here is a lot of you know re- very dedicated, very passionate, very enthusiastic. Um, you know, a collective here uh, who should be supportive, and so um, let's go out and you know give their give their stuff a look, give it a like, and uh, you know help them grow their channel. I don't know if I can forgive them though for wrong footing me right at the beginning of this one because <laughs> just for a second I thought we were going to get something more akin to Jackie Chan than um, Shaw Brothers because sort of the, the main female character comes on screen. Mm-hmm. And she does this flip with her chewing gum, which is very oh, reminiscent yes. yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, um, Armour Arm of God. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought, ooh. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an immediate build up and then let down. But having said that, no, it's it's, it's a good fun um, short. Okay, we're going to move on to one of our categories now, Rich, which is Two Blokes Fighting. What have yes. we got under this one? Right, so we're going to start with um, one of our uh, favourite directors. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a couple of his films here. Uh, this is Godfrey Reichwart. Yeah. Uh, his his stuff is always um, fantastic. Uh, we've got two shorts that he's released very uh, recently. Uh, one is called The Lesson, and that's mm-hmm. only one minute long, but boy, does it pack a lot into that minute. Uh, and the same with uh, Fight or Flight. That's only three minutes, but, you know, that's, that's that epic. Is it, epic is it really? Minutes. Is it really only three mm. minutes long? Jesus. Yeah, I think so. That, I'm pretty you sure. Know, it's it's like, you know, you're right. It, it, yeah, because I'm looking at it now, and it's like, wow, they, they, they packed a lot into that. But the lesson is a lot of fun. It is, um, so, you know, it is a dojo one. It, it's a guy, um, you know, t- taking a lesson from a very strict and harsh uh, Sifu or sensei um mm-hmm. and and as the lesson goes on he he starts losing his cool and, and ends up you know going full on rage and and the um yeah the the the, the punchline is great you know it's it's, it's a great moment um, yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah, that's a great yeah it's got a very it, good ending the it um, is very it's very dialogue free brilliant. it's yeah. like a cartoon basically it plays it out is. like a cartoon yeah, we, yeah. Uh, it's it's pure physical comedy and and it works really really well and the production, what what his films always have, they're always very well shot. This one lesson was shot for like a uh, like a like a competition kind of thing that so very quickly pulled together, I think, um, and it's um, works really well. The the performers in it are stunt uh, professional stunt professionals, as a lot of these films do include. Uh, there's Jean Adrien Esplas, 
who was the assistant fight choreographer on The Princess, as well as various oh, other yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And uh, Quentin Denart is the uh, is the is the teacher, the sensei character. He's done his roles have included uh, being Jean Claude Van Damme's stunt double in The Last Mercenary, recently. All right. So, um, but. Uh, that those are yeah both really um, a couple of guys I haven't seen really much before they sort of very good with their characters uh, say the physical comedy and the, the, you know is just is on point fight or flight is very different mm. is uh, it's much more of a, a straight action piece uh, but very very colourfully shot and with nice bits of uh, inventive use of props including some uh, poles and, and ropes and um, and, uh, a, and a fire gag. I mean, we got a guy on fire. Yes, it's yes. like a really sort of throwaway thing. It's like, oh yeah, he's just a distraction, and we only see it in in long shot as well. You know, it's it's not like a, a main thing. It's just something which has happened as a distraction, so this guy can, you know, get in to res rescue his friend. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it's got a huge number of people in it. And the yep. base, the what this is is it's a showpiece. Uh, it's like a for a um, uh, a stunt school. So the they've they've got basically done it as a project, I, I guess, for mm -hmm. this uh, uh, French stunt school, the Campus Universe Cascades, I believe, or Cascades. I'm not sure if it's yeah. stunt, isn't it, in, in French? Mm -hmm. um, so we have these two guys who are on like this floating restaurant slash nightclub. Uh, that one of them's basically come to rescue the other, and then they've got to fight their way out. There's no context about why they're there or anything <laughs> it's just purely that that's the situation but what they do is they have tons and tons of opponents and we don't just we're not just in one location there are movements of location throughout the throughout the um, the few minutes yeah. so it's colorful very high energy um the, the, some great you know gags and falls and, mm. and stuff as you would expect from for say something that's designed to showcase uh, a stunt school or, or, or the, stunt, the stunt professionals that are, that are learning there so yeah, really, really fantastic stuff. So this one and another film we're going to talk about later on. Um, they, what it, what both of these really highlight is is um, spatial awareness. I think mm -hmm. so because we've got multiple opponents, you know, in a room, and you know your your stunt coordinators having to work out where everyone is every time they sort of cut to you know or change the angle he's got to remember where everyone is to everyone else and and sort of map everything out each time so that you know nobody's sort of falling on top of each other and stuff um i i imagine that's an art to itself but mm. th this does it really really well yeah the um the godfrey wright is a director we've become more familiar with yep in, in the last couple of years, but we we originally, I think one of the first films of his we saw when we didn't really know of his name, you know, at the time, we weren't really, uh, it was, we hadn't seen much of his work by that point, but he was one uh, that we saw his film, uh, Tran and Novak, at mm. the Fine Spirit Film Festival. And Is that the one the, with um, Jean Paul Lyon. Yes. In, in a, in it a was. smaller role, yeah, with, with the clown feet. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, so that one's quite. That's much longer a film. That's from about 2018. That's uh, it's about 25 minutes long, I think. Mm -hmm. That's very well worth checking out. The um, so he we just so we saw him at uh, Fight Spirit, and there's another the, the director of our next film uh, is also someone we've seen at, at Fight Spirit. We can talk about a couple of his films today. That's Aiden Sussex. Now, into in this two folks fighting category, uh, that film is haste. Which mm. is uh, a project of, um, 
uh, from uh, John Al John Algoa, uh, who is the antagonist in this particular situation mm. of these two guys who are brought together in this sort of um, sort of a quite an interesting, distinctive sort of um, uh, indoor outdoor kind of feeling place. It's like a it's like a dark not like a warehouse or industrial building or something. It's almost but it's, like a silo or something in it, or, or it's yeah. like the atrium of a, you know, atrium, a yeah, that's or something, you know. It, it's, it's yeah, it's got that kind place. of feel. It's like the big, very high, you know, very high ceiling on it and stuff. Mm. Really interesting. But the, um, so uh, this is a five minute film uh, in which um, Danny Darwin plays a guy who basically enters a room. Uh, we, we we don't know what's come before, but we, we eventually sort of, uh, the clues are sort of dropping into place. So basically there's some sort of, uh, he's on some sort of trail or, you know, he's being pushed one, maybe like a running man-ish sort of thing. He's being mm. pushed from one room to another or something like that um, on this um, uh, running a gauntlet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So here he meets up with someone he's met before uh, mm. and uh, the guy who, who, who is, is his opponent in this particular situation is the guy played by John, John Algoa, who essentially... Um, I think he wanted to play the bad because the bad guys are often quite the, the more fun roles to play as well. we'll exactly, we'll sort of yeah. He gets, he gets a bit more flair, you know. And, yeah. and he does. He brings a lot of flair to it. You know, he's he's got the, the cocky attitude. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all this sort of stuff. It, it's great. The other guy's sort of more earnest, and you know. Yeah, he's of, the straight man in yeah. the situation because because he's not he's got he's got no reason to sort of laugh about his situation. He's like really. Mm. Annoyed, <laughs> pissed off, whatever. Um, but 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 um, John Algoa's character, he's just like egging him on, and sort of he's enjoying it. It's like he's 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 an interesting uh, character to play, and he's like, sort of like um, uh, uh, yeah. The, so there's a really great, you know, the fight's really great. So Aiden Sussex, as we'll talk about later, you know, is really great with mm -hmm. shooting action. Um, this one, say it's. It feels like it might be like a proof of concept. I'm not quite sure what they would get because there's a little bit of world building and stuff in there. There's yeah. like things that are implied. There's like tattoos that are shown. It's like, oh, what does that mean? There's mm -hmm. like, you know, what's the next step? Where we, where, where, what part of the journey is he on? What's the next part of the journey? There's emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in this, so which indicates that maybe that um, they're hoping to sort of develop this into something. It's hard to say um, because. Um, that isn't, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes a short is just a short and they just kind of put this stuff in there to sort of experiment. Indeed. So um, uh, it'd be interesting to see if we see uh, anything more. But I'm not going to uh, say any more about Aiden Sussex for now. We're going to talk about him a bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, the next film we got is, is a very different example of, of two blokes fighting, uh, but another one in which the main character or the, the sort of the showcase character Mm -hmm. is the villain uh, and this is a film called insane oh yes. uh, starring chris collins uh, and this is very much a, a sh uh, he's a he's like a um he's an expert martial arts teacher teacher he's he's appeared in films like it man four uh, and he clearly wanted to play like john algoa in the previous film clearly wanted to be the wild character so we've got um a standard situation of a guy, you know, sort of breaking free of being tortured and, and a, sort of a, a showdown happening. But the hero is like an afterthought, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, the film doesn't even credit the actors. I mean, I couldn't find out who <laughs> the guy playing the hero was in this, but it starts, it's a, it's a very stylishly shot film. It's got kind of a music video sort of thing to it. There's a bit of overt sexiness to start things off. I thought um, I was watching a, you, you know, when you're watching like an Indian 
movie and mm. you get like the um you know the film's kind of stops for a bit and you get the music video segment yeah yeah. I thought it, that's what it felt like at the beginning, mm -hmm. or you know, an albeit a more overtly sexy version, you know, a little bit more yeah. sort of skin being shown. But but that's, that's kind of how it came across um, at the beginning. So like, yeah, yeah, it's got these aspects of it that's quite novel, quite interesting. I'm say I'm not 100 percent on board with everything, but it's uh, you know it certainly makes it stand out. And you know the Chris, you know Chris Collins playing this villain and you know how he is and and the way that it sort of spins the dynamic and the style that the directors uh, uh cool cham and ben Choi. it took me a while to find out who actually directed this because on the youtube short the, the film just ends there's no credits but there's a trailer which and, and stuff which i was able to find out where they, who they are hmm. it's it, yeah it's an interesting one what we've got is a beat sorry go on. yeah sorry yeah we've got a, a beating scene hmm. oh was it i apologize um so what we've got is uh, a guy essentially looking for his uh, girlfriend. Uh, he's been captured and is being tortured by the, the villain. And he, he gets a great scene where he breaks free. Uh, and it's really great, uh, well-choreographed you know, action sequence of mm -hmm. you know, firing gunplay and all that. But it's all played over like a, a, a static a sort of song. rock song. There's yeah. no, um, like uh, gun, there's no sound effects or anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real shame because that's a great sequence, really beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, and just having that music overwhelming the whole thing just really took me out of it, unfortunately. I, I agree. It's, it's a shame. I mean, I, I imagine it was a choice, you know, mm -hmm. it's a case of, well, either we can spend money, you know, sorting out the, the post audio effects mm. and things or we can just slap a song over it you know yeah um it could well be that i know i'm i'm pretty sure that from the description that this was like many of the shorts we're going to discuss there's there's something that was pulled together actually quite quickly yeah um the so that's a really good scene but what what it ultimately all leads up to is this climactic showdown around the it's a mm. it's a nine minute film and around the six about a third two thirds of the way in we get to the showdown uh and it's it all takes place in what is I believe supposed to be is like a plane hanger, mm -hmm. and he's got a plane behind him in the background, which I think is a CGI plane. Looks like Could a CGI be. plane. Yeah. What's odd is that it's got Chris Collins' name on it, so the <laughs> character isn't supposed to be Chris Collins. I hope not, right. anyway, because <laughs> he's a psycho. But um, it's got his name on it. I think it's all part of the the sort of uh, you know sort of maybe like a. Mm. Uh, subtle way of trying to get people to sort of pick up on his name and he's like you know look out yeah. for him and you know sort of establish who he is Maybe sort of thing, yeah. yeah it could be that sort of thing but anyway so the plane is sort of quite interesting it gives something as a backdrop and these two guys fight out fight it out and because chris collins is the main character the bad guy wins <laughs> See, this, really this is this field. is really interesting it is very left field um i'm struggling to think of a feature film that actually does this i mean this i mean you know like an action feature film mm, for example. Yeah, um, yeah. i can think of numerous films where the hero dies but takes the bad guy with them mm. you know but i can't think of any film where the bad guy totally wins and just walks away yeah i'm struggling you know it's um it's a bold choice, that's for sure, and and it works. And in, in the you know, I mean, 
we we've seen the opposite so many times you know you get to the final fight and you're just waiting for e even when the hero is getting beaten up it's like any second now there's going to be that phoenix resurrection moment where they're mm. going to sort of find that second you know second wind and come back and beat the guy uh, oh <laughs> you know oh dear <laughs> it's like well eventually you're going to come up against somebody you can't beat i guess <laughs> and this is that time um, yeah, and that makes the film really stand out. It's yeah, like you know, definitely. he's, he's yeah. said, "I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to do the same thing everyone. I'm not going to play the action hero or whatever. I want to play the villain. The villains are always more fun, yeah. and rather than and yeah, the villain. You know, yeah, it, um, it makes sense because how can he be the villain? How can he be in charge of stuff if he hasn't beaten people like this before? You know what I mean? It's like it has to happen. He can't always get beaten. So. Yeah, makes makes sense to me. <laughs> and uh, and this is one where um, Chris Collins gets to um, show off the different styles of, of martial arts and weapon, you know, weapons expertise that he's got. Mm. So that's uh, something quite um, uh, novel for it. So a lot of the yeah. stuff we've seen so far has been hand to hand, just sort of straightforward. But um, here he's got like these bladed, uh, I think it's Carly weapons mm -hmm. that he's using, and uh, sort of uh, quite uh, you know. There is uh, some pretty nasty stuff in this. This is probably yeah, the some most. Nasty stuff. Um, there is. I, I think there's only one other film that we're going to review tonight, which is on a par with um, sort of the level of sort of visceral violence mm -hmm. that, that this manages to um, to deliver. I mean, you know, our, our so-called hero gets drilled in the leg for God's sake. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, it's it's pretty nasty. Yeah, but a good one. Yeah, overall. Any okay, and that brings group? to the end of our. Well, no, that that brings to the end of our uh, first section. Uh, in a moment, we'll be moving on to Women in Action. Okay, let's move on to our next section, Women in Action. Okay, Rich, what have we got over here? An interesting one to start with because this is a this is a different kind of a genre piece um, and a different kind of setup. So this is called Bitten. Uh, directed mm -hmm. by John Ferrer, it's six minutes long, and it's kind of a, I, th I, I think of it as a zombie movie without any zombies, because yeah. it's kind of set in a, a, a world where um, uh, the implication is, you know, you get uh, you get a bite or you get you know you get exposed to to something, and then you've got to be taken out. Basically, that's mm -hmm. that's what you very quickly realise that that's what the scenario is here. Yeah. Um, and it's the, the rage virus or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, what are they trying to stop? What are they trying to stop? We're not quite sure, but the, the we never see any zombies or anything. We never see what happens from the bite, you know, even. It yeah, doesn't so, get that so, far. Exactly. So it's a case of you being bit and they deal with it, you know, or try to deal with it immediately. It's not It's not a case of like, you know, it's, it's not that trope we've seen in a lot of zombie movies where somebody gets bit then hides it. And doesn't mm. tell anyone they've been bit until it's you know it's too late or something. This is like no, you mean bit, right? You know we've got to sort it out. Um, this this is a large cast piece. Mm. Uh, it was improvised over the course of a day. Uh, the choreography and stuff was involved basically all parties, and it's really uh, it's got an interesting farm location, uh, but it's got a very clear, simple narrative. So there's no real full explanation, but you know what's going on. You get it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got we get, get a short introductory scene of two characters, one saying, I won't let anything happen to you, basically. And then there's under threat. One of the characters is under threat. The other one's going to make a choice and they're going to turn on the group. Uh, and all these women just start fighting. So you've got multiple fights happening, uh, cross-cutting between them, weapons involved. Uh, you know, the location is used quite effectively. 
We've got people getting hit by shovels. There's a baseball bat with nails um, sticking out of it. Mm. All, you know, really, really well done in my view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that um, a lot of these films have been sort of put together over a short period of time. This one very overtly states at the beginning that, you know, it was improvised and shot in a, in a day, which mm. is a, an amazing achievement. Uh, considering what what's here, I think um, sometimes it, it, you know you get lost as to who's fighting who and who you should be following a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, but other than that, I thought I thought it was very good indeed. Yeah, it's, it's fast paced, it's frantic. You know, it's mm. uh, there's um, frantic. Yeah, it's got, it's got, got so many shaky people. camera or anything like that. You know, it's, it, it no, the camera works the really camera good. Great, I thought yeah. there's some great there's some great um, angles and you know sort of, sort of sideways shots and, and you know the, the, where the camera because there's a lot of running. In this, mm. they're running around. They're running towards the building. They're running around the building. They're trying to get through, and the camera's like following them around quite. And it's very, uh, very well done. I thought. The, I thought the camera operators and you know the cinematography in that was really, really, strong, uh, really good stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah. So John Ferrer is another di director I wasn't familiar with. Got a nice, uh, you know, list of credits uh, of you know films that I want to check out and stuff. So definitely someone I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Um, the next film we've got so. Very different with this one. So this is from Rwanda, uh, which I don't think uh, I don't think I've seen uh, an action film from from Rwanda before. Um, this one is called Marita, uh, in which uh, a, a young woman returns home to find uh, there are intruders in her house, and uh, that they uh, they effectively underestimate her, uh, which I know is something you're uh, quite is, uh, keen on, yeah. <laughs> and. There's a great moment. She comes in through the door and she sees them, and, and she, if it's like, it seems like she should be scared and like, oh, they're thinking that she's going to run away, and she just turns around and locks the door. Locks the door. <laughs> it's like it's like they're not getting out of here, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's it's, and, uh, it's the line from um, uh, the Watchmen, you know. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I'm not locked in here with you. You're, you're locked, locked in here in with, me. with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what did you think of this one? Because this is something that say it's got a slightly different style. It's say it's from Orlando. It's got a different mm. sort of feel to it. But still, very you know, um, I thought very well executed in its sort of, sort of simple uh, sort of four minute time. Yeah. There's a little bit of comedy in there and stuff. Absolutely, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I like the bit where you know she takes off her sandals, then uses the mm. leather straps to wrap around her her, her knuckles. You know, so it's, um, it looked really badass when she did that. And and yeah, she she was great. Thought thought she you know the way she moves and everything, um, and, and I like the bit at the end where she gets them to phone the police. <laughs> Hello, I'm a burglar. Help me. <laughs> yeah, no, a very good one. Uh, the next one's from Azerbaijan. Uh, it was shot in English. This one's called Phoenix Comeback, so it's designed as like the first of perhaps a series. Um, they're already sort of teasing that there'll be a second episode um, called Sins of the Past. But um, it's what we've got here is what, uh, a prologue establishes uh, the character and her, and her motivation. She's essentially mm -hmm. a, she's the classic kind of killing machine. She has been trained to be a killer. So she and, and in this case, she's on a mission of vengeance. She wants to find out what happened who to killed her parents. Sort of thing. Yeah, who killed her parents? And uh, now, I didn't love this one. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot to sort of take out, take from it, and that. Um, but I did think it it felt a little bit flat to me um but i was interested enough that i thought you know it, it is a film that i would say is worth checking out people should see it i don't think it kind of quite enough sort of brings its own sort of uh strength you know identity and uh, whatever how did how did you feel about this one um yeah i'm a bit ambivalent however 
there was one particular moment I did love. Now, mm. on on our main show, Rich, we covered a film called Dark Asset, and I was very um, yes. very vir- virulent against um, the very hapless security team who just kept yeah, running yeah, yeah. into bullets. There's a scene in this where Phoenix is sort of like, you know, stalking around this building, and she comes across a guard, and as soon as he sees her, he drops to the ground and shoots her. You know, he he reacts so quickly. She, she even she can't react in time and takes a bullet in uh-huh. in a, in a, in a uh, bulletproof vest, which I thought, good on him. You know, he, this guy's actually <laughs> worth his paycheck. You know, he, um, which I thought was great. Um, it reminded me of too many other films, including another one we saw at Fighting Spirit this year, which which yeah. nobody particularly liked. I seem to remember, which is another one of sort of somebody sort of skulking around a building, taking people out. Yeah, you know. um, yeah, it 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 misses something. There's this. So some of these films don't have enough narrative. Some of them have too much. And I think this is sort of verging on having too much, um, because we, we got this sort of shady, you know, the shady boss character in the background, sort of thing, sort of tell, yeah. you know, feeding her this this information, and, and I think at the end we find out that you know maybe he's not on the level either sort of thing you know um so so that's it tries to cover a lot of ground and i don't think yeah i don't think it necessarily satisfies on any of the fully satisfies i should say on any of the fronts i think as a i think it's a good effort i think Mm. it's definitely you know reason to watch it and people to keep an eye on you know um fatima alieva i thought was pretty good as phoenix yeah and um the, you know, there's there's some interesting stuff. They've shot it in English, which um, you know shows that their ambition. They're trying to get it sort of more wider marketplace kind of thing, and um, that would be interesting. You know, it'd be, I think it does kind of take the edge off slightly because it's not. It's uh, you know, I think I'll, it would have been. I would have preferred it if it was in its. Uh, I don't know what language they speak in Azerbaijan. To be fair, but um, I think if it was in its own natural language, that might have uh, might have to flow a bit better. Yeah. Like Marisa, for example, Marisa was you know. Yeah. It was in its in in, in the native language, um, so this yeah I think this is a try hard one more so, but I think it's interesting and you know there's definitely potential and I would like to see if they do you know yeah. manage to do a, a follow up or whatever I will definitely follow that series through and see how it goes. Indeed. Now the next film we're going to talk about, I think we're raising the bar quite high on this one. Uh, this is Agent Red Two. Um, directed by Kevin Burrill, who's who's made some some of our favourites recently, mm. including um, the uh, what was it? What was the one? Uh, hang on, the the Inception one, Dream War. I think yep. we we like that quite a lot. Um, we've covered quite a few of his films because uh, he's, he's done fan films and stuff, but this is one of his sort of original things. Um, I don't know if you've seen the first film, Mike. I think I, I have. Think yeah, but I think it, I it was essentially, that. it was essentially a, a very quick fight scene, shot mm. in a hotel room, and it was That's it right. wasn't um, Kevin Brill's films. Some of them look really, really good, uh, in, including this one. This one looks really good, but mm. but Agent Red was kind of look, look kind of looked on the cheap side, like a shot on video kind of feel to it. I didn't really like it. I was a bit disappointed mm. by it. This is a, is oh, another this sort yeah. of yeah, it's quite epic. We, what we've got is. Um, uh, impeccable choreography, I would say. Uh, minimal dialogue. It's fifteen minutes. Lo- uh, sorry, about thirteen minutes long. Uh, minimal dialogue, um, but the 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 fight action is actually about half of it. Um, you know, there's a there's a quite a long build up, 
and then quite a long sort of uh, ending slash epilogue. And you've got this kind of showcase sort of um, centerpiece uh, of si- uh, that's like r- six relentless minutes of um, two on one fighting between these three women. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I just, and it ends, it's got a, such a fantastic, you know, climax. Um, it's really oh, imaginative. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the you know, the, the, the bit at the end, you know, the, the final sort of kill bit, mm. it will have you going, how do they do that? You know, <laughs> is, is it wires? Did she really walk up the wall? You know, what, what is going on there? It's, it's, it looks fantastic and it is very unique. You know, it, it, um, it manages to stand out. I mean, the, the choreography is great. You know, as 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 Rich said, it's um, you know a, t- a two-on-one scene, and 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 that was the other thing as well. Um, you know, when it starts, you you don't know it's two-on-one. You know, mm-hmm. it comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh crap! You know, it's even worse than you thought it was uh, for this person. Uh, it's it's a it's a great scene. Um, yeah, and it builds up to these sort of particular two sort of climactic moments. Um, it has this sort of you know, the world building comes in at the end, you know, we mm. find out who, who our sort of main, our protagonist actually is, you know, in context with everything. Um, and the, and it sets up, you know, hopefully an, another part sort of further down the line. Um, it yeah, was very, definitely. very good. Yeah. Uh, the performance here, I just want to name check them. We've got Camille Osborne, who is uh, Agent Red, and the antagonist uh, who she's fighting, they're played by uh, Bronte Coluccio and Nilani Passion. Mm-hmm. Um fantastic um so i've not seen them before um camille osborne is has done some really i'm not sure if she's a trained martial artist or whether she's like a dancer who's you know been learned the moves mm. i'm not and um because I, I don't i don't find many credits for her uh as like a stunt performer or anything so um uh, i'm not sure either way she, you know she's a she's a brilliant lead in this and um say the 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 the, the rep the known sort of rep the uh the stunt people that she's fighting, uh, you know, the, the experienced stunt people as well. Mm. They all do a fantastic job. Um, and, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely want to see uh, another film from this team. Absolutely. What's and, next? Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this particular section. Uh, in, in a moment, we will be talking about uh, a couple of films on the theme of Unsafe Houses. Unsafe houses, Rich. Please explain. Well, uh, as I was watching a couple of these films, or say both released uh, uh, this year, just like all, all the others we're, we're talking about, I noticed that they've basically got exactly the same plot, uh, and that is a retired government agent uh, <laughs> who's holed up in a in a in a property, uh, and their cover's blown, and you know the um, uh, the they're, they're they're coming gunning for them basically. So we've got. Uh, the two films that we've got here uh, in these safe houses that have now become unsafe houses, we've got uh, Stratagem by uh, Daniel Lo Cicero and mm-hmm. Status Retired, uh, a long-awaited um, uh, uh, next uh, film from the uh, <coughs> Art School Dropouts, uh, directed mm. by Joey Min, because um, uh, it's been far too long since since they released the film. Now, Stratagem... Uh, is an interesting one because originally uh, I found I found a copy that was originally released in uh, you know like two, uh, three years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's not new, but what they I think what they've done is like they've re-released it because the the version that I originally found uh, on uh, Daniel Cicero's channel I think um, say was published this year. Uh, I watched I went back and watched the other version. And it's slightly different on the intro. They've they've slightly adjusted 
um, the opening sequence to the film. Okay. Everything else seems to be about the same, but that does kind of explain how Daniel Lewis Rose managed to release like two or three films this year. <laughs> so it's, it's like because because um, um, one of them's say a bit older, but yeah. still say this is the new version. This is you know it's a newly released this year. Um, uh, both films are slightly different because this one has a female protagonist, uh, while Status Retired has a, a male protagonist. The um, the what was uh, the same thing essentially happens in both films, but I think uh, Stratagem uh, has some fantastic um, moments with uh, like um, being pushed and kicked or whatever, falling downstairs. Yep. <laughs> it's like the really memorable, great stunts. Yeah. Yeah, from from an action point of view, it's great. Um, mm. From a narrative point of view, I think it's a bit clunky because um, we we you know we, we get context or exposition in the form of um, a voiceover at the beginning and at the yeah. end to yeah. sort of fill us in a little bit what's going on. It's it's unfortunate, and and I put it purely down to budget constraints and probably time constraints. You know, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, these guys have the wherewithal, you know, um, and the talent to actually to do this properly. It's just that you know, probably run out of time, resources, uh, and and had to sort of do it this particular way. Um, but what we get is is a woman who had been undercover with a with a criminal gang um, is now sort of uh, in in witness, you know, um, what do you call it? Witness relocation. Like witness protection kind protection. of protection. There you go, um, and and the cover's been blown basically, and guys come to that. You know, she she's a mysterious person. Phones her minutes before or seconds before these guys come through the door, so she's got a little bit of time to prepare. Uh, Realizes she's been betrayed, you know, but then sort of like kicks ass, and uh, we do get a moment right at the end, which is like. Um, you know, quite a revelation as, as to the identity of one of the people she's just had to take out, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, the other one, as you say, um, status retired. The art school dropouts guys uh, were big fans of their fight work. Um, mm. Haven't been quite so strong on their narrative before, but that changes here. You know, finally, we've got something we can actually, you know, get our teeth into a little bit uh, in terms of it's it's you know who, who the protagonist is for once we can actually sort of follow a protagonist sort of from start to end um and, and the fight work is great yeah this is uh, one that they've done this is their second collaboration with uh uh nathan porter uh they did a, com a comedy called rumble riot which i think we previously mm -hmm. talked we about it was much more of a comical kind of thing more sort of jackie uh, chan style yeah absolutely yeah. Mm -hmm. uh this is very this is nathan porter's playing a very serious you know quite stoic character um, unlike uh, Stratagem, this one's in kind of a, it's quite a dark environment. It's, it, it actually, I mean, it's supposed to, it is a house, but it, it kind of feels like maybe, maybe it is like a show home. It's like, it's a house that's never been lived in. It's got like barely any, uh, barely any character or anything to it, but it makes for a good environment for them to shoot an action sequence. So um, we've yeah. got all the usual sort of um, suspects on board with, um, you know, uh, Joey Min working with Angela Jordan and Stephanie Pham, each of them performing a number of duties on making the film and say collaborating with Nathan Porter, who's got his own stuff going on, but they're working together uh, straight. It's a, essentially a straight fight piece um, with, uh, say, as with Stratagem, multiple opponents are being faced. Uh, I think Stratagem has a, a couple more, maybe, 
than this but you know we're not we're not counting the numbers but the um but i like the sort of ambition of of, of that um uh, and there was another thing i really liked about the states retired as an aside i thought they did some really nice work on the end credits there's some really yes. stylish you know they've, they've, they've and i always i always appreciate when sort of like the the sort of garnishes and stuff are, are done on a film whether that's the opening title closing credits and and stuff like that when when that sort of thing, which they which has been a, a strength of, you know that they've got some good they've got some skills in that particular area they've done that on some of their previous films uh, the you know the adding to those adding those touches um mm-hmm. yeah so i haven't really got anything much more to say about status retired or um but or, or stratagem but as a side note um there was another film uh, which is on a on a different topic, but it's uh, it's a Daniel it's another Daniel Lo Cicero film that I just want to highlight for a second, which is called Sour Trade, mm-hmm. uh, and this was um, this was a piece that was put together to uh, as kind of a showcase for um, the lead actor. Um, I think it's Brady. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what I say, but he was in he was in I'm not sure which role he had, but he was in the Black Phone, uh, okay. the um, yeah, Blumhouse film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. So uh, yeah, bro, uh, just double double check it. Try and double check in his name. Um, the um, I haven't quite. I can't quite find it at the moment. But the so this kind of stood out because it, it starts in a truck, uh, and that brought me back to Godfrey Reichfahrt because yeah. he did a great film which was uh, shot in the back of a truck. We've got another the, one uh, that starts called, in the back of a truck, and there will well. be another one later. Yes, um, called um, No Plan No Gain. Uh, which is well worth seeing. So, so yeah. Essentially, they this is another one where they've under they've taken somebody hostage and they're underestimating their hostage, uh, and he's going to fight back. Um, uh, I don't I I don't know whether this guy was whether he uh, has has had particular martial arts experience, or, you know, uh, or you know was trained into this mm-hmm. by La Cicero because um, you know um, he's he's not a he's an actor foremost you know he's not known as a like an action guy or a stunt guy or anything he's 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 a lot of his roles are uh as far as i can tell kind of straight acting performances and i i wonder if this is one where he's kind of like doing a you know like um like many actors are doing these days of like you know um bob odenkirk for example you know mm-hmm. so, so i take an oh, actor yeah, yeah. who's got who's got no martial arts experience put them with somebody who's really good like really train at it and like put it together and i I wonder if that was the case here, and if it was, they've done a spectacular job. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Brady really throws himself in. He does a stunt where he sort of um, falls out of the back of the truck and stuff like. That. It seemed looked like it was him anyway it, to me. I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> yeah, um, really well done. Yeah. There's like, oh, actually, I think you see it. There's um, they do the I kind think it's of in the, yeah, it's in the yeah, yeah, in the credits. Um, yeah, so that's another one that's that's very well. That's that's actually very recently, only very recently dropped. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah. Th- th- um, was there anything else about sour trade that jumped out for you? Not really. Or... I mean, again, a little bit of sort of clunky exposition um, mm-hmm. at the beginning, which you know I didn't mind. Um, so, so in sour trade, we got this young guy who's um, been kidnapped for ransom, um, and you know he lets drop to when his mum asks for proof of life, and he's on the phone, and he mentions that. Um, you know all 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 the stuff that his uncle, who was in the special forces, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. taught him um, could be coming useful. Uh, and of course, you know all all the bad guys are mocking him. And then next thing you know, you know he's um, holding his own. He's he's doing very well. And I, th- I really enjoyed that. Actually, I thought it was um, a good clip. That the um, weapons work, you know, the gunfight stuff was was really well done as well. 
um, yeah, it's just a very solid uh, sh uh, short film. Yeah, and a good say, uh, and the the guy who's, who's the lead in this is a uh, Brady Hepner. Uh, mm. So I finally I had a chance to to double check his name. Yeah, he's done he's done stuff like say it was a black phone, Chicago Fire. Um, he's had a few you know a few little roles here and there and stuff, mm -hmm. um, but um, nothing that's sort of. Um, I think he's still sort of establishing himself. So sure. I did see the black phone, but I'm not sure. I can't remember many of the characters in it, so right. I can't say which role he was, but. Uh, yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye. I mean, very you know charismatic, you know, as a very handsome young fella. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to do all right for himself when, in, um, you know, getting a role in a Hunger Games movie or something like that. As say, um, <laughs> but uh, he's uh, he's certainly got yeah, yeah he's certainly he's got good. the chops for it. And and you know, with this one, he proves he can handle the action. So there you go. Okay, uh, I think we're going to move on to a new segment. We are indeed. <laughs> Now we're going to talk about a few films that were shot in the woods. So all these a lot of films, uh, low budget um, uh, films are put together and shot in, you know, interesting looking exterior locations. Uh, and quite often, you know, the, the, the woodlands do provide a very sort of striking backdrop to the, to the action that's taking place. Now we've got, uh, a, a, I think, what, like uh, three films that we're going to talk about now in, in this subject, each quite different. I'm going to start with one of my favourites. Uh, this one's called Bounty. Uh, yes. It features, um, it's directed by uh, a guy called uh, Jake Kwan, who is going to come up uh, a couple of times today. Uh, and it's another one with um, uh, uh, led by uh, female characters, uh, Caitlin Hudson, who we've seen a couple of times before, and uh, Nikki McGee. Uh, great scenario, great setup on this one is that there, um, there are a couple of bounty hunters, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the film takes us right into the middle of them, you know, catch, get, uh, catching their um, uh, well, quarries. Yeah, they've each rounded up a third of a, of a group of sort of bad guys each. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, but unbeknownst to them, the, the third one is nearby and, and going to try and spring uh, her friends. Um, this, the energy in this one is brilliant. Um, and the music, the music, the music, well. so, the so, great the music helps it stand out a lot because you know they've gone that extra mile and actually using recognizable songs, whether whether or not they they're licensed or not, or if they're you know they're no, past they won't copyright. Be. They won't be. You know, <laughs> um, a lot of the times that this what this will come up later is like mm. some of these films. I do wonder why they do it because it's like you you can never really. Um, you know, how, well, one, how do you get away with it? And two, you know, but this is something Brian Sloyer does a lot. He, you know, his films are fantastic uh, in terms of the choreography and the shooting and everything. What they do is it just take songs and just credit them and say, look, I don't own these songs. Mm. You know, so, so you, you know, you're upfront about it. And, it, you know, some films will use, like, um, like we were talking about Bitten earlier, that had a fantastic piece of um, uh, like uh, copyright free music. Yeah. To, to 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 underscore it, and uh, this one uses this one uses classic like Creedence Clearwater Revival and stuff mm -hmm. like that to to, to score the sequences, which which works fantastically well. This, this brings um, me on to something as well. Um, I know it's not not particularly this film because it ha has that brilliant music, but there's a couple of others that we watched where I just wish the filmmakers had actually watched some shorts themselves. If, if if they had sat down and watched these 30 films that we're doing now, 
I would hope that their music choices would be different because there's a lot of sound effects, you know, which pass for music, uh, lots of sort of cues and things that you keep hearing over and over again because they were sort of made popular by bigger films or by mm. trailers and things. You know, there's a lot of parps and, and sort of bass lines and all this sort of stuff going on. And it's like, would you have used this if you were aware of all the other films that are still using the same thing? You know, um, because it, it does sort of, that's the one thing about watching this marathon of films. It's, it, you know, the one thing that really sort of stood out to me was the repetition in the music and, and how a lot of it tends to sound the same. So when you get something like Bounty coming along, which is using things like Spirit in the Sky and Wayward Sun, mm. you know, blasting it out and, and using the rhythm of those songs to yes. drive yes. the choreography. It's yes. superb, you know. It really does sort of lift it, and it is a great sequence. You know, the the, the um, you know, the these two women almost getting outclassed, um, you know, but by, by this trio, it's 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 um, it's a it's a great scene. That first moment when when the sort of the third one sort of jumps in, I, I thought that was great, you know, because it, it's just like wham, and and we're off. I thought it was a great moment. And the other thing about it is uh, is the humour in, in the mm -hmm. film because it's it, the the the, the I say these two bounty hunters are introduced to the front, but they're like they're they're uh, antagonistic towards each other. They're They're rivals. Exactly. They're rivals, and there's a lot of sparky dialogue. Uh, between, but it's that between... it's that kind of tango and cash thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, they, they both know they're at the top of their game. You know, yeah. game recognizes game kind of thing. Yeah. And, and there's that little moment at the end where you think, where yeah, maybe they, you know, in a further episode, maybe they'll team up or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is great. Yeah, loved it. Yes, yeah, so that's what I, I like. So we got the, we see the fantastic um, choreography and the fantastic filmmaking, but we've also got them acting these characters and you know delivering these lines and that's really really well. You know, they, they they're they're very good. Performers say Caitlin Hudson. I think, uh, especially, we've seen her in a few things. Uh, I think she's she's one. She's really good. Um, uh, and say this is another. We'll, we'll get onto it later. But say Jay Kwan and uh, Joseph Lee, who's the who's the DP on this. Actually, we're going to talk about him. Uh, just just right before on. we leave, just before we leave this one, um, mm. it's, it's interesting that the same red leather jacket from Agent Red turns up in this. <laughs> in a very similar look. To you know what what's adopted in in Agent Red, um, uh -huh. I'm sure it was a coincidence, but but both of them uh, reminded me of. Uh, do you remember the film Eve of Destruction? Mm. Yeah, it's it's that look, you know that, that yeah, same yeah. Yeah, red leather jacket. jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched that a couple of years ago. Actually, it still it still holds it's up. Still really a good interesting. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Gregory Hines. Um, so yeah, so this was a Jay Kwan film. The next film we're going to talk about. Features Jay Kwan because uh, he, he's uh, say he he directs he acts he, he choreographs he does all sorts so in this in the next one he's uh, he's acting alongside um, Terrell Cota Bullock who we watched uh, as as the lead in Twisting Tiger mm -hmm. uh, and more recently he he's um, he choreograph he did the fight choreography on a on a short film on Disney Plus called Black Belts which right. I haven't watched yet but um, I will be checking that out soon um, yeah so Jay Kwan and uh, Terrell, they uh, they're basically a couple of guys in the park or whatever, and they're, they're talking to this girl. And then, oh, uh, daddy this... issues, daddy issues. Sorry, yeah, I forgot to give the title of the film. Yeah, this is daddy issues, uh, directed by Lorenz uh, Hideyoshi uh, and Joseph Lee. So, um, yeah, so they're talking to this girl, 
uh, and this and this other guy turns up. Now she starts calling him Papa, mm. and it, and it's weird because he doesn't. Uh, this kind of threw me. This the concept of this, <laughs> I wasn't quite getting because uh, I'm like, is it is that actually supposed to be? Is she just calling him Papa? Is it like a boyfriend? Mm. She's calling him Papa, or is it actually that? I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. But he's a cartoonish character, um, mm. and essentially gets into a fight, and that's when the fight kicks in. And it's a very uh, anime in 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 yeah. influenced uh, project <laughs> yeah and uh but very very classic hong kong at the same time so there's a lot of really interesting um you know uh, uh movements and flourishes and and you know stances and that that the characters are taking uh this ties in a little bit with a a, a theme we're going to talk about later where stuff's taking place in the mind um so because um you know this is kind of this is what one of the characters is a is sort of imagining is mm. how it's going when in reality it's kind of like his arms are kind of flailing <laughs> it's like, and, and it's it's a, it's a bit you know foolish looking but in his mind he's like um he's think he's thinking about it like he's this um yeah i think it's naruto or something that it's nodding to mm. uh, but he's talking about being the, the vegetable prince and, and all this sort of stuff um yeah, but yeah so well, another different. film yeah it's like um so yeah, I thought the fight was spectacular, uh, mm -hmm. and um, it's quite it's interesting because this is another one where they kind of go the extra mile at the end, which is they conclude it with like this extended animation sequence, um, mm -hmm. which I'm not that worried about the animation sequence, but I like and a song in Japanese that seems like it might be like a sourced song, um, it, it, but, yeah, it, but it's but it's actually an original song that Hideyoshi wrote himself mm -hmm. and got got a couple of people to sing in Japanese for him, which just sounds really I think it it, it, yeah. it it feels really authentic to the to the sort of, sort of vibe and that that they're going for. If you, if you've watched any sort of like anime series, yeah, you'll you'll definitely get the vibe um, from that. But there's there's an interesting bit, you know, when these sort of two two lads sort of insult um, the guy Papa, mm. and he turns around and goes, "What do you say?" kind of thing, and and you know the girls sort of go, "Oh no," and it's like. On one level, you think you know she, he could be like, "Oh no, she's, he's going to fight them and beat them up, sort of thing." You know, it's, but on the other, she's going, "Oh no, he's going to try and bite, fight them and beat them." Up. <laughs> you know, it's going to it's going to look really, really embarrassing. You know, it's 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 an interesting moment to sort of look back on. Yeah, um, Lorenz uh, uh, Hideyoshi or, or Lorenz Hideyoshi Ruver, I think, is uh, his full name. Uh, he, he's from Germany, and he works a lot with um, Andy Long. So oh, yeah. uh, he's, yeah. he's he's worked on uh, f oh, there's the, sh the short film Cyberpunk twenty seven seven twenty seven Phoenix program, the fan film, uh, which mm -hmm. I rave about. I love that film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but he's also worked on features such as the Indian film Commando three, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, he's uh, more recently he's been uh, working on June. Uh, as uh, Timothy Chalamet's uh, stunt double, awesome. uh, and he's, so he's doing all sorts. So he's got really, you know, a lot of really good, interesting stuff going on outside of these sort of smaller projects that he's working on and releasing on YouTube. Uh, definitely a name to sort of keep an eye on, um, as well as say, as well as um, the other the actors, the other guys in this movie, say Terrell and um, Jake One, who we've mentioned extensive amounts of um, short films that you can find on uh, on YouTube by these guys. Um, the next one is <clears throat> uh, also a, a film that's sort of tonally quite it is uh, take things in a tonally different direction. This is called uh, now I'm probably going to mispronounce this Yuki Fume, mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, it starts out very eerily uh, uh, looking at um, a tree with uh, missing person posters. Uh, and uh, it has this uh, this guy uh, sort of walking through the woods. He's he's clearly searching for someone, uh, and it it his journey leads him ver uh, to an encounter with a demon, uh, and it's a woman uh, fighting in a kimono with these spiked fans. Uh, and what's what's great uh, from the start is you know it's a very eerie sort of start, but when the um, when that when that action kicks in, when the when the sort of the spiked fans come out and stuff. It's just like this heavy metal track just kicks. Yeah. It's like completely changes the theme of the thing, and the whole sequence reminded me a lot of uh, Stephen Rennie's films, uh, Salem, sixteen ninety two. Yeah, do you remember that one yeah, with the um, which had the yeah. um, uh, very interesting? Uh, did that sort of Cirque du Soleilish sort of um, mm -hmm. kind of stuff with uh, rolling out of you know long bits of fabric and all this sort of stuff that they were doing uh, in there. It's a very novel film that. Um, that was. Uh, so yeah, this film really stood out. Some more of a horror vibe to it, but very sort of fast-paced and fun, um, uh, but with some sort of uh, bite, literally, uh, in, mm -hmm. in 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 some of it. Um, what did you think of this one, Mike? Um, I was actually reminded of I, I watched um, Evil Dead Rise recently. Yes, yes, and and that's kind of what it reminded me of. It's it's, it's like mm -hmm. a, a sort of a Japanese, you know, um, almost like a Chambra style Evil Dead movie. Mm. You know the camera. I do think that's stuff. kind of what they were going for. Yeah. That's that's uh, definitely the kind of vibe I was getting as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I did, I did enjoy this one. It's um, again, you know, like um, uh, insane. You know, th this mm. is the one where things don't quite go so well for for our protagonist. You know, um, which, which is sort of very interesting as well. And I, we get... I, now there was one bit. You know, this, uh, we 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 get a lot of um, sort of flashback sequences and things. Yes. Yes. At the beginning, I don't think they work. They they do work at the end. Well, they they work, but their timing is dreadful. Where they inserted the, these flashbacks is probably the least effective moment. It it it, it wrecks the um, the tempo of the film because you know we're getting to the point where it's almost like the final blow, and then it suddenly cuts into these. Sort of like um, flashback sequences, and it's video, so the home video bits, yeah, it's so annoying. Um, you know, for me, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind you know, it. No, I, I was, I was. It's it's the usual thing. I'm sat there going, when are we getting to the fireworks factory? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, it would have been effective. It would have, it would have still been effective if it had come in just after the main bit. You know. Um, from my personal non-filmmaking point of view. <laughs> mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, enjoyable. Now, funnily enough, this um, uh, this was made by uh, uh, Jordan Akubo, um, uh, who's, um, I believe, uh, I, did, he, did he do a film with Jay Kwan? Let me just double check. I'm just trying to think, because I, th I, I think he did, but I'm just trying to check. I know he did a film with uh, Lewis Tan, called um g which is worth checking out mm -hmm. um i'm not sure if it, i can't verify that at the moment anyway the um yeah so cameron uh okubo is the is the lead in this one uh they worked on i think they sort of did all the did the choreographies and stuff together i don't know much again i don't know much about these guys um that they're, they're, they're not they haven't been hugely on my radar but i think this film uh you know really was a, a fantastic 
showcase for you know the theme and mood that they could could create and say the choreography and that was was all you know on point as well uh, really uh, really interesting i just wish i understood the title better so mm. to say a bit for me it's a bit hard one to pronounce but um yeah very very good um the that is the last of our films in the uh, in the woods section mm. uh, and we'll be coming We're back in next. a moment with uh, something that's a bit more uh, cerebral Ooh. okay rich it's time to delve into the mind where are we going well, we're going to start off with uh, Once Upon a Time, which is by Chongwei Zhang. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a three-minute short in which uh, two men essentially pass each other uh, in the street, and they start to imagine themselves, you know, I, there, seems, there, there seems that there might well be some animosity between them, and they're both sort of conjuring, uh, it's not, well, they're conjuring the, the, the sort of uh, scenario of, beating the crap out of each other essentially mm. um but what i liked about this was that the um the two fights uh, in three minutes you get two fight scenes and they're both very, very different. different yeah yeah both very different um which i loved um i thought that was that made it really stand out to me this is one of the newest films uh, to get released chong wei zhang is from australia um he, he's worked with um uh i, I, I think uh, there's um a guy called martin reyes who uh, his film uh, we're going to talk about later. Um, he's worked with him quite a lot, and um, the or at least a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I thought Ch Chong Wei Zhang uh, is uh, was was very good in the central role. I can't remember the name of the the, the other guy in the film, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's short, it's sweet, it's you know, it's it's it, there's nothing particularly substantial here, but there's quite a fun little you know, it's it's two cool little fight sequences with a nice little fun sort of payoff sort of. Uh, thing happened at the end, which uh, which uh, which I enjoyed. Say so it's um, uh, what did you think? It's stylistically, I, 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 yeah, work stylistically, stylistically works really well. I mean, funny enough, the setup reminded me a little bit of another film we saw at Fighting Spirit about the um, the two guys trying to cross on the footbridge. Yeah. So we get these two guys who bump into each other. And now we get we get like the older guy, you know, he imagines the fight as a sort of very traditional um early Shaw Brothers kind of affair with sort of very traditional Chinese music to go with it. Um whereas the other guy, you know, he he's imagining he's sort of like Ethan Hunt or James Bond kind of thing being stalked yeah. by this guy and it ambushes yeah. him in a in a um underground car park. You know, and as a, as a little scrap there, so so very different sort of style, stylistic um, sort of fight sequences. And as you say, yeah, this sort of nice little moment at the end um, to sort of cap it. I thought it was great. Yeah, very good one. Yeah, I, I almost put this in the section uh, the two blokes fighting because that's mm. what this is. Uh, and I didn't mention it at the time there, but two blokes fighting was named as as, as a as, uh, in reference to a film that we saw actually at Fighting Spirit yeah. called Two Blokes Fighting, yeah. uh, directed by a guy called Liam, who um, a really nice guy, and yeah. uh, we, we we spent quite a lot of time chatting yeah. with. Shout out uh, to Liam uh, and Connor. Yeah, yeah, one, Liam one and Connor. Um, really look out for their film. Um, uh, you know, um, Two Blokes Fighting, very fun little short. That mm -hmm. the um, so yeah, so this kind of fitted into that, and a lot of the other films, to be honest, do. But thematically, I thought that what was interesting about was that sort of mental side of it so it's like they're imagining themselves in this situation and i saw that the um uh that a few of the films that we were watching did this kind of played mm -hmm. out this kind of scenario in different kind of ways 
Mm. Um, the next one is a, a bit like hook, hook sword fight. It's, it's rough around the edges. It's not, um, it's not particularly polished, but it does show promise, I thought. This, uh, this one's called The Inner Demon by okay. Iman Arietta. Mm -hmm. uh, and essentially, it's a guy fighting a, a sort of a, a part of himself or, or something within a manifestation him. of his own manifestation. self yeah. Yes, yeah. And I thought he was really good. The um, the, mm -hmm. the sort of the main guy. Um, he's he's got um, uh, he's one of those guys who doesn't look like he's capable of the the things he's going to be capable of. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's he's against the sort of standard sort of body type. You know, he's not you know slim and lithe and and whatever. He's he's you know he's more he's got a more realistic body shape. You know, mm -hmm. that, but not not like. You know, like, I mean, at the more extreme end, you've got like Sammo Hung, you know, people just mm. see him and then it's like, you know, they get blown away by what he can achieve. This guy's just a regular looking guy. Uh, and, um, you know, there's not there's not a lot of regular looking guys in, in a lot of the, you know, a lot of action stuff that you see. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, uh, that sort of, you know, made it quite relatable. And, um, you know, that's the, that was all sort of developed quite well. But the, uh, you know, yes, you know, the production values and stuff aren't there too much but i like the ambition you know they try and throw in some vision effects they try yeah. and throw in all these ideas and stuff as well as the really good choreography mm -hmm. so the, the other thing that makes this one stand out as well it's the only film on our list which involves um stick fighting so so either mm -hmm. a screamer or an ace i'm not sure which one he, he's doing but again, mm -hmm. you know it gives it that extra sort of a bit, bit of like oh you know um good to see uh, yeah, know, yeah, different style of skill coming into it. So yeah, it was yes. Cool. Um, so the last film in this particular section um, uh, is called Soul Fighters. Mm -hmm. Now this one's an odd one because it kind of starts out with a lot of comedy yep. about these three guys talking about food and stuff, which is about which I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't, I found that a little bit tiresome. But it does then kick into a, a non non-comedy uh fight scene that's really really good um yep. so it's got kind of the there these uh three guys are in the dojo with their master and he wants to teach them about soul fighting and essentially they uh it's like a mental projection kind yeah, of like or, or is it in their heads kind of or thing, astral yeah. projection or something like that uh, they're all sitting but then they're actually you know they're, they're, they're spiritually mm -hmm. fighting it's a nice idea um played out quite nicely and there's a little bit of a comic sort of a punchline it's, it's interesting this one because we've got three fighters who, who you know three different body types three different mm. uh, sort of different um, backgrounds three different um martial arts basically mm. but with the same sifu slash sensei <laughs> which is which is kind of interesting <laughs> so but it works really well you know um it, it's a it's a free-for-all between all three you know yes. the fight that each, each of them is fighting the other two um and, and it works very well very well choreographed very well put together um, well, that's another thing. A lot of these films that we have, it's protagonist versus antagonist, and in mm -hmm. this one, there are no, there are no antagonists or protagonists because they're, mm. they're they're all on the same level. It's basically a sparring film. That, yeah. So the um, they're 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 all mates and they're fighting each other. So there's no there's no hero, there's no mm. villain in this, which kind of makes it stand out from from some of the others. Now, there's another film. Just want to mention as a as an aside because it is another film that's set in a dojo. And mm. it's also a film that doesn't really have, it's not an antagonist sort of, uh, you know, protagonist, antagonist kind of thing. It's a drama called, <clears throat> now it's called A Drowning Heart Part Two. 
what's interesting here is that it's they haven't made part one yet they haven't made part one yet <laughs> so they they've kind of they're trying to make a bigger story but the as a as a like a proof of concept sort of or as a as, you know to sort of gain interest gain traction they've wanted to release part of it you know film parts of it but not give away everything so therefore they've taken quite an interest rather than start at the beginning and then say oh we want to develop this they're going oh actually we're going to give you them we're going to give you the middle bit mm. uh so uh, i quite i thought that was quite an interesting uh, approach to take and it's another film say featuring jay kwan who we've already talked about a couple of times really interesting drama uh notable for um featuring uh, or star or one of the main characters being played by dy sal who we watched in uh now what was it called shadow hunter or, or something like that he had mm -hmm. that big fight with brian lee from marshall club at the end oh yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um i can't remember it was put out by dazzler i can't remember what it was yep. called um but uh yeah so uh he and it's got it's got kind of an action uh, martial arts uh, in kind of another kind of another like dojo fight mm. sequence, um, but it's really it's kind of a realistic situation, realistic setting. But the fight <laughs> that happens between oh, these two God. students <clears throat> is so yeah. fantastical and so excessive. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, they, it's the excess. Never... That's the thing. But you know, I mean, for one thing, I, I wasn't really sold on the fight. Um, it, you know the, the two performers are really good, but the, there's a moment where, um, where where the girl she she's a really good fighter, but she leaves herself open mm. purely for the narrative. Yeah, yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It is a, a bit where, it, where it, it's almost like her choreography. Uh, you know, the flow of the choreography stops just so she can be hit. And it's really, really annoying, and it's very obvious. Uh, but then, as this fight comes on, you're thinking, "Hang on a minute, he's trying to kill her." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, that's the problem. I think is that yeah, it's really good that it's not. You can't convince because... me. You can't convince me that he's not going for the kill. You know, it, it's yeah. uh, it's it's the, the, he he does an axe kick to her head. You know, and if she hadn't moved, you know, he hasn't got any control over it <laughs> at all. He would have killed her if 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 she hadn't moved. You know, yeah, that is a pro that is a problem. Unfortunately, a very well, very well shot, very well, mm. you know, well done. But it's uh, narratively, it doesn't quite doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Um, and on the now on the other side of it, there's all this drama that's sort of building up around before and after the mm. um, before this set the centerpiece. Uh, focus on the D.Y. Sal character, who is this very troubled um, sensei. Uh, and it's hard to, it's it's really interesting because it's hard to be on his side because he's a, they essentially allude to uh, him being very abusive. Mm. Uh, and there's a moment where he's like on the verge of snapping and his, his other half um, basically, you know, she's been through all this before and she's kind of like, says you know sort of forgives him or whatever and you're like well i'm not sure I, i'm kind of feeling <laughs> like you should get out of this situation yeah did you feel the same way I, I did yeah no it was, it was definitely going that way yeah because it was Absolutely. kind of like almost like the film was telling us like that we should be you know yeah we should be kind of on his side or on her side for mm. in being on his side and i was thinking i don't yeah, know i'm not there <laughs> But a very interesting, say, a, approach to the release of a, of a of a what is essentially a proof of concept, 
is uh, to say to, to say this is part two um uh, and i think it does work kind of in its own mm -hmm. uh, thing but you know the objective is very clear that, that, that they want to make the the full story and i hope they do i think um mm -hmm. i think there's the, the filmmaker uh, david lee has clearly got something very you know uh you know he's got something that he really wants to explore and tell and you know tell an interesting sort of dramatic story set around the world of martial arts and but still include those sequences i just think you know that the, the, there's a mismatch between yeah. the between the, the the choreography and the action design versus mm -hmm. the uh the the reality the reality the, the sort of gritty sort of um mm. drama um yeah, so that's that that's that's problematic and that i could that could that will still be that will be a problem into the into the fuller product if they don't you know maybe yeah, make some editing that. choices maybe, or whatever maybe, yeah, some, yeah have another look at it yeah because you know, there's potential here to sort of do a re-edit and something, you know, change some stuff, take out some shots and whatever, and you could make it a bit more grounded and less lethal. <laughs> so it's like the, mm. these two people are supposed to essentially be friends, having a playful spa uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. Uh, but this is but and, and it plays out like looks... it's a UFC kind of fight or something. I think you think you think it's like, you literally do think he's you know he's just going too far, and his sensei just like, well, you know, you shouldn't drop your guard. It's like, what the, you know, <laughs> then he splats her head all over the place. Cool. Okay, we're going to move on to our next section. Yeah, so following on from uh, our last shot, we've got a new section, Battle of the Sexes. What is hidden here, Rich? So developing the theme that we had just a touch of in uh, <clears throat> in. Uh, What's it? I've lost, forgotten the title of the film now. <laughs> a drowning. What was it called? A drowning, drowning heart. heart yeah. yeah. So yeah. The um. So in that film, we had the 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 uh, male and female students, uh, ha you know, having a scrap, and uh, you know, the uh, the the theme here is going to be male versus female, uh, the uh, of different relationships, um, not just uh, uh different, you know, rel different relations to each other. So the first one that we're going to come to is uh, is uh, another film by Aidan Sussex who we talked about earlier uh, mm -hmm. Haste uh, now this is a brother sister uh, battle now this one takes place over over 23 minutes there's a lot of build up on this one uh, it's a very playful uh, comedy uh, with a with a you know with a violent edge to it it's called chopsticks mm -hmm. chopsticks uh, uh, this was made way back or originally shown completed and shown at fight spirit way back in like 2018 yep uh, I think, and uh, we've waited a very long time for it to see both to see it again and for it to, to be released. Now, it, just before this um, uh, went public, uh, was released on YouTube, um, it was uh, shown uh, once again at Fighting Spirit mm -hmm. out of competition this time. And uh, the <clears throat> um, it was a slightly different sort of uh, director's cut yeah. version. I'll be honest, it's been so long since I, I saw the original I version. I didn't know I didn't really notice yeah. the differences. Um, it's great. Um, we've got Linda Louise Duan uh, and uh, uh, as the main character. Now it, it's very much nodding, you know, tipping its hat to again sort of classic martial arts films. She's mm -hmm. kind of a, a drunken masterish sort of character. Um, uh, would you say would that be appropriate? Yep. Yeah, yeah. she's very, it's, she's it's got that brilliant scene at the beginning that. when you know it's the sort of thing I, I absolutely love when when henchmen overstep themselves and bite off more than you can chew. There we got a great moment of that right at the beginning. 
when they sort of like try and harass her and she stabs him in the hand with it with the chopsticks. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just staring at her before he even reacts, you know. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Linda Louise Duan says this is uh, the character of uh Shu and uh, her brother is Fang, played by Shin- Shinji Ishikaku. Ishigaki, uh, sorry, Shinji Ishigaki. Now, this guy is so ridiculously handsome, he should be a big movie star one. Because as far as I'm concerned, he's like the he's like the the um British uh, Mark Dacascos or something. He's mm. just got he's just got that fantastic look about him. He uh, he's he, he's not turning up in enough stuff as far as I'm concerned, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, he's fantastic as as the very antagonistic brother uh, Fang here, and he's got this army of um, underlings. Uh, who are sort of uh, also um, uh, Shu ends up sort of taking out the, uh, in the sort of journey of to sort of set this score that they've got between them. Uh, some lovely uh, scenes uh, shot with um, like um, Lin, uh, Shu is uh, outside uh, in front of like a lake um, with her master. With I, th- I guess is it a ma- her master or I, mean, yeah. I don't know. He's a, he's he's probably more drunk than she is. There's a good but, visual uh, gag there. I can't remember what it is, but I, I do remember there was a really good visual gag in that sequence. <coughs> uh, we've also got um, say this excellent uh, sort of su- su- number of supporting characters, and the one that stands out for me is uh, John Zhu Zhang uh, as uh, the mighty low. Who's a scene stealer <laughs> if ever there was one? He's just yeah. uh, it's a very theatrical character who sort of uh, comes on and sort of introduces people coming in, coming in. To, <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he he was one of the he's one of the just on his own. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of the reasons that that, that uh, I remember this film so well, loved it so much. Um, apart from say the the really really good um, uh, climactic. Um, because there's a, there's action sort of peppered throughout, but the, the, especially the sort of say the concluding. Uh, showdown between Shu and mm-hmm. Fang. Uh, it's, it, it's really, uh, really well done. Um, I believe it's set in the 1940s. Um, say, it's say it's got really, it? yeah. yeah, it's got a really good, um, say, visual style to it. Say the the, the sets uh, and locations and stuff that they found uh, really add to it. Uh, it's um, there's not more, much more I want to say about it other than just go and see it. It's one of the best short films. I've ever seen, uh, personally speaking, it's one of my absolute favourites. Is what I mean by that. Um, it's uh, it's definitely um, <clears throat> way up there um, on the top of the list. Uh, <clears throat> it, when I saw it after five years, uh, you know, it, it certainly lived up to the expectations of, of the first time, and uh, I would definitely be watching it again. And yeah, so um, mm-hmm. fantastic! To I'm glad it's a release. Aiden Sussex, another another guy, say he did, he did haste needs to be doing other stuff. You know, we need. To, you know, this. Uh, we want to see him directing more. Give him a feature. He's done some really good. He did a BBC uh, uh, st- uh, film called, um, I think it was called uh, the Wanton Warrior, and uh, that was like a that was a children's BBC kind of thing. But it's mm. really, it still had the same sort of touches and the humor mm. and and sort of the mix of the humor and, and the, the, a little bit of the martial arts and stuff added in there. So, um, yeah, definitely yeah. somebody uh, to keep an eye on. Now, the next film is... Uh, do you know which way I'm going to go with this, uh, Mike? Do you know what the next one's going to be? Have a guess. It's either going to be uh, your... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, your kill or... Domestic, what's, what's the other one about the dishes? Uh, that is the next one. It is Dishing It Out by it David out. Lavelle Jr. 
Uh, there's going to be another one in there as well, um, that we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, dishing out. Now, this is an odd one because it feel, felt like it was domestic violence played for laughs. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. There were similarities to some of Godfrey Reichwart's stuff. He did a, mm. a, a short film that was kind of very similar to this, if I recall correctly. Uh, and it's basically the scenario is a couple have a fight over a sink of dirty dishes. And yeah. um, the, the performers are uh, Trisha Garin and Justin Car Carney. Um, and they all sort of conceived it and put it together. It's a very short, say, sketch kind of uh, fight scene, three it minutes is. long. I, I can see what they're going for, but I think I think they kind of, it's, it's tonally, it's a bit off. You know what I mean? I mean, there's been similar ones like um, uh, Lockdown Blues, where they're fighting over the last bar of chocolate. Oh, Remember that, that was, um, yeah, I think so. I think that was, the, funnily, uh, we were talking on a, a previous recording about uh, a guy called Jose Manuel, and I think that was mm. that was one of his films. Yeah. Um, what we saw at Fighting Spirit, um, but yeah, that was, uh, or that no, or no, I'm thinking they were fighting over the remote control. I think was it a remote uh, control, or is it a jar of oh, chocolate? Yeah. I don't know. We see people fighting yeah. over things over a lot stuff. and that's going to come yeah, on yeah. that's that'll yeah. be coming on to the next one so where people fight over something but um, this, yeah this one I, d I don't know it it it's borderline domestic abuse you know um, i don't think it's any borderline about it i think it's <laughs> i think it is domestic violence this, and they uh, kind of played it for laughs i think it's a bit, little, bit, laughs. Yeah, little it. bit misjudged a little bit yeah. misjudged it's, but, like, um, um, it's still very entertaining it's very entertaining yeah. sure very well put it's together but i'm not sure about the theme it, it, it should have set it to the. There's a song by Martha and the Machines called um, "Hurricane Kiss," mm -hmm. which, which would have fit this very well. You know, you hit me once, you hit me twice, all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it just it kind of left a bad taste in the mouth. This one, I can see what they're going for. You know, it's sort of you know for this fight scene, and he's you know he's accidentally cleaning the dishes. <laughs> as he goes and, and made to look ridiculous but mm -hmm. um you know yeah it, it it's it's dodgy <laughs> <laughs> well the next one is kind of a bit more of a professional kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh, encounter it's like um i don't think these people are in a relationship this is a, a um a very simple fight over the possession of a, of a briefcase it's a one minute film by millie dallas mm -hmm. called traitor Mm -hmm. uh it, it, it's just two people on a on a on like a rooftop car park each fighting over this uh briefcase and uh you don't know which one say there's no context yeah. to any of this it's That's, just a, it, it it's reminded just me of art school dropouts this one mm. uh, because of that lack of context you know it, it's a it's a nice little scene um you're not sure who you're supposed to be following really uh, and i i imagine it's it's another one where we're following the wrong person, you know, or, or we're following the loser, should I say? Um, just I think more than that, it's one of those films that it doesn't matter because it's only yeah. about the it's only about the choreography. But this is the thing: we it. don't actually get to see the betrayal. We see what what ha happens after the betrayal, which is the fight, you know. Mm. So we don't know who's betrayed who in this scene. Mm. Yeah, we, we see what's who is happened. the traitor. That's, that's the one traitor? of the things I guess you could say is one of the sort of more clever things about it. There's a lot of ambiguity to it, mm -hmm. and it's kind of trying to trying to play with that. It's all ambiguity, <laughs> except who wins. But we don't know if we want them to win or not. If you see what I mean. But there you go. But there's a lot of you know there's a there's absolutely tons of um, fight concept 
mm-hmm. uh, shorts out there that are, you know, some of them, they don't even, they barely even touch on narrative. It's yeah. literally just, okay, we're, you know, we've got the camera, we're going to try some moves, we're going to, and, you know, they, they stick a, you know, put a title on it. Sometimes they, sometimes they don't, they say, you know, person versus person, mm. whatever, and they don't give the, they don't give the short, like, a name. Sometimes they'll give it a name, like this one's got, you know, mm. there's a, there's an edge of, there's a little bit of narrative, sort of, you know, there's oh. a title and stuff. Just but, um, a lot yeah. of these things are just, like, uh show reel kind of things so they can put you know you you might go yeah. up and look up someone's show reel and it looks like oh they've been in all these different films well it's not no it's like they're snippets that have been designed to look like they're bits from films and then you put them all together and it's like it looks really impressive um which it is well you know so i think it's a great it's a good approach it's clever and i do like watching a lot of those short films one of the, one one of these days i want to put together a list of like an hour's worth of one minute films and mm-hmm. then you just uh, sort, of, sort of, I mean, but you compare this to something like um, uh, the lesson. There's mm. so much more going on in the lesson. Yes, um, exactly. that they achieve within that sort of one minute time. Antagonist, protagonist, this... or, you know, yeah. all that going on, comedy, yeah. all sorts. Anyway, there's another thing they do do in this, which is add in these like little title card kind of things of mm. um, through uh, through the short, you know, like traitor. What does traitor mean? You know, yeah, so, exactly. uh, these little yeah. little touches, whatever that, you know. They do add a little flair, but mm-hmm. they're, they're not really necessary. But um, but yeah, I did like it. I say it, it was another film that's say another little short that showcases a, you know a different you know uh, different collection collective of, of talent, which I'm not familiar with. So I always enjoy that, and uh, that's what I went to. But the next film, uh, we're kind of returning to the the sort of domestic violence ish kind of uh, theme mm-hmm. of this one. Only this couple are separated. Now there's this this one's an interest one because this is one film that we can't actually uh link you to because mm. although it was released and we do want to talk you know we do want to talk about it uh i think it was released accidentally and um we want to we want to kind of put respect it on the radar them. yeah <laughs> uh, but respect their wishes of, of not actually uh, you know sharing the film too much so this is for <clears throat> your kill by one bowfill uh who did victoria which was really good um uh, about a 20-minute film that we covered probably a couple of years ago now. Um, <clears throat> this one stars a guy called Gabriel Rodriguez, also known as G-Rod, uh, and he did a film called uh, a previous, another short film called uh, 13 Kills Served, although it's listed as 30 Kills Served. It's a bit confusing about what the title is actually supposed to be um, between YouTube and IMDb. And stuff. Um, but yeah, so he did this short film. Uh, this is kind of a, a bigger much bigger sort of uh, showpiece um, bit between him and uh, Yasina Cosio. And what we've got is essentially a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of setup where husband and wife now separated. Uh, they're both professional killers and they're both after this one particular um, uh, payday, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very violent uh, and it's not particularly playful or comical. Uh, no. These these two are these two are very much out for blood, and uh, there's a fantastic moment where they crash through a wall, which was really what really stuck out for me. But the fight scene is actually the centerpiece, and what it does is it takes this really dramatic, sort of quite tender tone, um, cl- uh, you know, turn sorry turn to uh, at the climax, and it becomes a much a completely different kind of film, and it ends on a very different note. So it kind of similar to a couple of the things we talked about earlier of where you say that you have a setup and then you've got this kind of 
protracted sort of conclusion and with the with the cool very cool action sequence sort of paced put in the middle there and i think this work i think actually this works really well um how did you did, did you think that worked that approach of taking these two characters having them have this massive sort of universal soldier time mm. battle and then you know doing that shift in the gears in that in that it, sort of last yeah. act it did for me, I must admit, and and you know, it is a prolonged fight in a corridor, um, which is you know the sort of thing I enjoy. You know, sort of fights in confined spaces, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, lifts and kitchens and stuff. Um, I don't know the the tone of it. I wasn't entirely on board with for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, but yeah, it, it for me it didn't work as well as some of the other ones. And so I always think it's interesting when they try when they're trying you know they're taking these kind of action mm. people say like uh, Gabriel you know very imposing guy they're trying to do this you know he's you know uh, very dangerous you know uh, doing the joke but then sort of saying no actually we're going to use this as an opportunity not just to showcase some really cool action we want to see you act in this we want to do like a yeah, I yeah. think and I'm, I'm I think that's what they've tried to do they've tried to cover both bases they've tried to say we want to make something that works really well as a showcase of you know action capabilities but also dramatic dramatically as well and i think to to you know i thought it worked pretty well and it, uh, i kind of kind of like the uh, sort of the the way it sort of sideswiped in that, mm -hmm. in that in that in that last act i thought it was quite a bold move to take uh, to take the story in and it and it does feel like a completely rounded uh, rounded film say some of these like um, they do feel like uh, snippets or shots or whatever and sure. um I always appreciate when a film is quite fully rounded. It's not a proof concept. It's not, you know, it's not just a, 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 a snippet of something. Uh, it's something like Chopsticks where you've got something very, you know, there's a very clear story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. Uh, there's a very definite ending. Uh, and I really, I really like this. this one. So this is actually one of my favorites. I've watched this a couple of times and uh, yeah, I hope I'm really excited to, for other people to see it when, uh, when it's like say when it does get its official release uh, so do please do keep an eye out for it indeed okay i believe that's the end of this segment it is cool uh, in a moment we'll be uh, talking about some science fiction mm -hmm. okay let's uh, dive into some flights of fantasy with some sci-fi rich where are we going first well, uh, at uh, the most recent Fighting Spirit Film Festival, I'm going to keep mentioning Fighting Spirit because mm -hmm. say it's a very, uh, very fundamental thing that sort of underpins all our stuff on the uh, on the DTV Digest short shots. We saw um, both a short film and a feature film by uh, a, a, an Iranian uh, filmmaker, or Iranian Finnish filmmaker called um, <clears throat> Ramin Sarab. Uh, he's, he's Iranian. He's He's Iranian, but he was mostly he was raised in uh, he was raised in Finland. He works in Finland. That's what that's where he's based. Um, this is a film that he made called "We Are Home," uh, which is another film that sort of feels like it's a proof of concept, but yep. it's it's not really because it's what it is is it's what they describe it is what they call it is a lens test. It's a promotional yeah. film for a camera lens made by a company called uh, Zine. So it's the Zine Meister. It's a Korean uh, lens company, I believe. And the concept of what they were uh, asked to do was to use the camera to showcase, uh, you know, in all these different kind of circumstances and, you know, mm -hmm. sort of put, put it to the test 
And, so we've got uh, interiors, exteriors, different, different yeah. lighting, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all different scenarios, action, sort of fast pace, slow pace. You know, all these different kind of situations, and they've constructed this narrative for that reason. That's the motivation. That's the that's the the reason for it. So a bit like an advert, but mm -hmm. it, what uh, Ramin has uh, done is he's you know because they brought him on board, he's written and directed and stars in it. Uh, he's a very good guy with uh, with all these things. Um, say very good with action and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they've made an action piece, which has a bit more going on as well. But it's uh, say it does sort of feel like it's leading into something. But I don't think yeah. it is. I think it's purely just to sort of test those uh, things. The the cinematographer is an Australian called um, Mark Hobbs, who uh, was the cinematographer of Layers of Lies, and uh, he's got um, uh, there's a there's a making of about the film where he's basically leading the show, you know, because this is all about testing a camera. So who, 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 who's going to be in charge? It's going to be the cinematographer. Mm. So he and Ramin work together to put these concepts and stuff together. Uh, and so we've got what is essentially a um, sort of a born born identity-ish sort of sci-fi born identity slash uh, universal soldier. Kind yeah, of that kind of thing. So one guy's chasing another. Uh, it's a bit uh it's another film where it's kind of unclear who's the protagonist and antagonist is there a protagonist and antagonist because they're both um it seems initially like um things are one way and then they kind of switch and and uh it's, it's actually there's a bit more going on uh which i thought worked really well mm. there's also these cu uh, uh cutaways to government types discussing the situation which say it, it all feels like a bit of a world building thing or a, or a you know build uh, building a setup mm -hmm. but that was purely designed to have an excuse to showcase the camera in a different environment and stuff so so um i think you know if, if if it's very clear from the start of the film that it's a promotional film it's, it comes out it says zine meister i think right at the beginning yeah. um but i think they i think they went well beyond the brief i think within mm -hmm. the six minutes that they had that they they put this film together as a, say it's a, as a five six minute film i think they've gone beyond the brief and they've made a a, a film that feels like a real film and uh, I think that's made it makes it really stand out. Say, um, Layers of Lies, we both thought was very good. Very say, it's an Iran Iranian Finnish uh, production, uh, shot shot in Iran. As a fantastic, uh, uh, we'll get on. We'll when Layers of Lies is released, we'll have we'll do a proper review Definitely. over on the main show and stuff. <laughs> but um, for now, um, uh, do go and check this out. This is very well worth seeing. I think. Um, did you see the strengths in it that I did? Did you? Did you I did. did you enjoy? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, although I thought the the actual fight part was probably one of the weakest um, in that, and is actually you know um, in in keeping with the characters, you know the fact that it seemed really obviously choreographed, um, almost like dance moves at times. Yeah, there are um, moments where they're sort of doing moves that don't yeah, ever very seem much to be mirror, remotely you know, so very much mirror each other and you know they, or they're they, not going to connect you know it's like yeah. they're not actually they're doing they're doing it like you say it's more of a sort of a choreographed kind of dance mm -hmm. kind of thing um whether that's something they, that's uh, accidental or something i don't know i mean all very good moves and stuff and yes mm -hmm. but say i saw right. uh, i do, do absolutely yeah i absolutely see where you're coming from i think it was probably more of a case of uh again engineering uh mm sequences for the camera to shoot Indeed. so it's like well we've got to we, we're gonna we want to see how the camera handles uh, me doing this flip over or you know the two of mm -hmm. us you know how's that how's it gonna how's the how's the camera gonna capture that and stuff so um 
I think that may be one of what is. Yes, maybe I think maybe it could have been a bit tighter on on some of it, and maybe feel like they were actually um, yeah. going to hit each other because at times it feels like they're doing. You know, it seems like they're doing these moves, but like too far apart at times. Yeah. Um, for it to actually seem like a proper fight scene, but that's a very very minor quibble. Oh, really it's nitpicky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it is nitpicky, um, and uh, it's got it leads to a quite a nice conclusion. So it's not a massively sci-fi film, but there's these little yeah. sci-fi elements in it they... or something going on yeah. yeah i'm not sure if it's yeah i don't quite know whether it's um uh teleporting or time travel or, or whatever it is but yeah there's definitely there's they've got these like watches that, that do or, or these straps on their wrists that, that clearly do something yeah it's a cool little film anyway um and uh do go see it now the um is there anything you want to say before I move on to the next one? No, move on to the next one. So the say so I've said that um, Mark Hobbs is uh, an Australian cinematographer. The next film is also from Australia um, by uh, guy, uh, by Martin Reyes, who we uh, who I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called. It's another one. We've, it's it's one we actually did see at Fighting Spirit Film Festival yep. this year. Uh, this is called Z Forty Three. It's another two scene kind of uh, two two guys having a fight. Is sort of. Well, it's not two guys having a fight. It's a, well, you start off with a fight in a van. It it's a fight like, in a van. Like a, yeah, like, like we've talked about trade. sour trade. Yep. Yeah, and so it's a two. What I call a two scene short. So we, we we've got the first what action scene, which is in in the truck, and then we've got the second one, which kind of takes place on this kind of industrial site. Mm. Uh, and there's a nice moment where there's they're, they're essentially because um, uh, this uh, Martin Reyes is is the lead. He's basically captive uh, in the truck, a bit like sour trade. And um, mm-hmm. he's got to get he's got to get free mm-hmm. from his captors. We're not quite sure what's going on. Well, um, we know but... they we know they've got superpowers, and we also yeah. know that he's wearing a collar which dampens the effect, or, or you know, shocks him if he tries to use his powers. Yeah, and we get another we get a scene later where essentially someone's uh, broken or or getting somebody else like a universal soldier kind of thing so, mm. so he's gonna, they're going to unleash one of the others to sort of take him on and there's a great moment where basically they unleash this guy and he just kills the person straight away yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that was a mistake um but um the uh uh yeah so they have a good fight scene uh, between there's now there's an in, there's an odd moment where um a knife sort of materializes mm. and and I know it's all sort of superpowerist or whatever so I didn't quite you know I thought that was a nice idea. I'm not quite sure how, um, how that, you know, what they were getting at there yeah. um, with the thing. I was say I'm, I'm sort of nitpicking that point, but um, I, I thought with that bit, you know, because because he makes a knife materialize in his hand and then he mm. loses it and the other guy gets it, mm. you know, I thought it might have been a good idea for the for him to dematerialize it <laughs> or materialize another one. Yeah, or or another, yeah exactly. Um, but it's a cool film. Say it's a bit like. Um, uh, uh, what was the other one? Say they're talking about the inner demon one earlier, um, where they kind of do these visual effects. The visual effects here are better, obviously, because mm. this, uh, this is slightly high. This is a high polished. quality production, more polished. Yeah, Martin Reyes as and and that they've done. They've done a lot. Of, they've done a lot of stuff over the years. Mm. They're quite quite um, experienced compared to those other guys earlier. But the visual effects are are still yeah, just on, on, you know on the the. the the sort of weaker side but they've mm-hmm. they've added it in i say and i applaud the ambition and stuff and I, I think this is a really good little film i've watched it a couple of times it played really well at fighting spirit yes um is. i think the uh, say the truck sort of 
I prefer. I think I've quite. I think I preferred that first fight in the truck because I think, like you say, those enclosed spaces mm. they work really nicely. Whenever I see something like this, that second scene uh, on the industrial side, I always think of Drive, the Mark Dacascos film, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because there's a there's a there's a whole sequence that takes place at um, a very industrial location in that film, and with, with some really really memorable moments. And and kind of I so I always think of that set uh, that setting. Um, that I, is something I was reminded of in this sort of thing. The the the, the film has a quite an interesting uh, look to it visually as well. So it's sort of like um, the I don't know if it's grading and, and whatever, but it's quite um, uh, colourful mm-hmm. um, um, compared to say like We Are Home, which is more, more sort of more dour sort of colours. And that this yeah. one's this one's quite warm. Um, uh, there's a little bit of motivation for the character in you know that, that we learn that there's a there's a, um there's a kidnap and, there, and this is another film that's got a really bleak kind of turn of events mm. at the end uh and so there's already there was a couple we talked about earlier where things don't go the way um things you might expect, might yeah. usually go for, for the hero uh, and that's certainly true here so i'm not going to say what it is but um yeah definitely uh definitely a little sting in the tail an uncomfortable sting in the tail Absolutely. on that one Right, on to, I believe, um, Fuse. Yes. Now, would you believe it? This is another one from Australia. So this is uh, James Chappell this time uh, mm-hmm. uh, working with the Beadman twins, uh, Taryn and Shay. Uh, very, uh, this is kind of bit circling back to something that's a bit more aesthetically like We Are Home. Mm. Uh, the It's kind of dark, um, sort of blacks and, gray, uh, blacks and green sort of aesthetic sort of to it. Really interesting stuff going on in this one. Very confusing, I felt, but aesthetically really interesting. Uh, very visually striking. Yeah. Gr- really good action choreography um, by uh, Igor Breakenback and uh, some really, you know. Good I mean, we, we we could have talked about this one under the um, in the mind um, group grouping as well because absolutely, know, it, yeah. it, it, it starts off with this uh, moment of sort of you know introspection of, of sort of you know fighting your own doubts and fears yeah sort of being manifested that sort of thing um um but then it sort of develops uh, and um you know we, we get this sort of body swapping kind of moment going on or, yeah a bit like a bit like what we'd say we were just talking about a film where characters have got like these superpowers or, or whatever it is and the same is the, the same is true here we've got these characters who it's not quite explained we don't know but they've got these abilities yeah and um uh, in, in one of those is to um, to basically control others. Uh, so, and I thought that yeah. was handled really well in the way they sort of hold on, and then they do the sort of uh, the contact lens change kind of thing to mm-hmm. to show that you know when this they've is, been this taken is another over. one um, which which does a great job of changing the tempo of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so, yeah. so you know the, yeah, the really first the first element, you know, the first part of the film, the music's kind of a bit melancholy and dramatic. Mm. Um, yes. But then when we get to the the proper fight scene, suddenly sort of the guitars kick in and the bass line and that sort of thing, and that starts driving the you know, the choreography and it's it's a really good sequence. Yeah, I would say if if trying to sort of think of something to liken it to, I would say it's very Matrix. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a there's a shadow yeah. of the Matrix sort of hovering over this one. Yeah. Um, so really really fantastically shot good good choreography. all the ingredients are there in this one so it's about seven minutes there's um it's another one where there's a lot going on it's like i said they don't really explain a lot but there's there's so much that it could be part of a bigger story so it's not really satisfying as a as a um complete experience 
Um, it's more of a case of, you know, things are kind of led as a where's the story going to go now kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely be really up for um, for seeing more from 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 these characters. I don't know if that's the intention or whatever, but um, mm. yeah, it's a great piece. Really interesting. Lots of lots of lots of experimenting with different things going on in this one. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, just look at the credits. Uh, say we were talking about different, you know, the, going the extra yeah. mile with some things. The credits are crazy. Yeah. at the end in fact they're probably a bit too crazy because it can't really i found it hard <laughs> to sort of read who was doing particular jobs and stuff but they try all these different fonts different fonts yeah it's a bit like um you know the this the recent spider-man cartoons you know the um, oh yeah yeah into the spider verse, spider -verse kind of yeah cool do they do credit stuff on that then oh yeah Oh, oh okay. the, 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 uh, the animation style is, you know, it, it chops and changes all over the place. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, sometimes but... even depending which character you're following, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, so we've talked, uh, I mean, you were saying about the, sort of the mind stuff and we got the women fighting back, whatever. You see a lot of these films do cross over in a lot of themes. A lot of short films, you know, as well, just as they do in feature films, a lot of things return to the same ideas and, and stuff and it's really uh, say so that's what's quite interesting in looking at this whole bunch of films which are all say newly essentially uh, newly or very recently released uh all tackling you know their fight sequence movies basically they're, that's what they mm -hmm. are there's right. sort of martial arts action sequencing and they've got all these ideas and garnishes around it and drama and and uh, some sometimes you're going to get films that you know come up with some of the same ideas. But even if they're doing the same ideas as we found with the safe house stuff, they find something different. There's different ways they do it. They see it, and and I think that's what you know that's what's great. I mean, we, we see that all the time with say mainstream feature films and stuff. Was like you know it, it might be something you've seen a million times before, but you don't mind watching it again because you know it's done in a different way. It's you know um, let's say the Equalizer three for example. You know it's yeah. kind of that that cowboy Shane kind of narrative which we've we've seen quite a lot and it's just you know developed in a different kind of way so yeah um the uh this is a great bunch uh but but we are not done yet there is Indeed. one more section of films for us to discuss absolutely awesome okay we're moving on to what do we call this oh, one, Rich? Well, we've kind of called it "Revenge and Rescue." Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a classic trope of you know these um these kind of movies of characters, you know, trying to you know find someone, rescue someone. Uh, mm -hmm. that, so all the films in this sort of develop that kind of idea to different degrees. <clears throat> uh, we've got okay. four films, and uh, we're going to start with "Behind a Closed Door." which is a very basic uh, concept um, very, uh, executed with minimal dialogue, very much a fight scene <clears throat> short, but uh, I think it sort of sets itself up nicely. Say so without any real um, dialogue, we get the impression of who the main character is uh, mm. and an in indication of what his objective is. And we basically got uh, two doormen standing in his way and that is the crux of the of the sequence. Do you know, do you know how I best liken this particular shot? Mm -hmm. It's as if Steve Lawson looked at John Wick and went, "I can do this," mm -hmm. because you know, as as we know, Steve Lawson will will take a segment of a a novel or something 
and then mm-hmm. sort of fill it out into into feature length. So what we have here is 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 kind of like the prologue to a bigger scene. You know, yeah. the guy this guy turns up at this nightclub, he's looking for somebody, he wants to get in. And and I'm watching it, I'm thinking, I can't wait for this guy to get inside the nightclub. And then yeah. I realized, oh wait, no, this is it. This is you know, this is going to be the whole thing, you know, him, him fighting these two uh um bouncers outside, which in it in and of itself was a good scene, but it made me want more. You know, I wanted to mm. sort of see this guy get in and um sort of mix it up a bit. There yeah, there was a film uh, we talked uh, about a long time ago. I think that uh, Sibley or Sybil. Uh, uh, who was in that one? Uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Jeffrey something. Uh, I, 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 I love I love all these guys. I love all these films, mm. but my memory is terrible. Um, but it, I definitely remember the film was C I B L E. Yeah, I remember it, and uh, I remember it. that that is another film that's kind of got a similar. A couple of similarities to behind the closed door but he does get inside, gets inside. Uh, and, and wreak havoc um so that would work really well with the, with this so this is um uh the the protagonist on this one is a guy called mark uh crisk and uh, uh he play he's um uh he's play, fighting the uh, ryan handler and john velner who are the uh the doorman uh, ryan handler was in a, a a fan film called croft which is well worth seeing mm-hmm. and um Based on two uh, right Yep. And uh, Stu Cook, who's the director here, did, did another fan film, um, as the in this case, as the director, called The Hunted, which is about Wolverine, which is oh, also right. really well worth checking out. I believe the they are from, they're in they're from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty I'm, I think they're a Canadian team uh, uh, in this and say I thought it was a really solid, you know, a very simple concept, very basic. Uh, yeah. I've seen a couple of other shorts recently. I can't remember the name of it, but there was another one where basically. It's a bit more like that one minute kind of thing we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, where it's a guy trying to get into a club. Uh, and uh, I, I did see, uh, say, some similarities to that. They, they, a lot of these things kind of return to the same kind of situation. Um, there's not really much more to say about this one, but the next no. film I want to talk about is kind of what is kind of a what happens next after Behind a Closed Door. Mm-hmm. So in, the, in our next film, which is called uh, Ubuntu Uppercut, that begins mm. with a, essentially begins with a guy bursting through the door, yeah. uh, and uh, it could almost be the next sequence. Except in this case, uh, our hero is, uh, is is African. It's it's a film from uh, from Uganda. Uh, it's got a very different kind of vibe and and, and feel to it, but at the same time, uh, conceptually very similar to say to something like Behind a Closed Door. Um, I love this one. This one, it's 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 kind of like Game of Death. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is that sort of like it's it's the pagoda sequence in, uh, in Game of Death. Where, I think where... to that. Sorry, definitely. I think it's Sorry? nodding to that definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and but it, it keeps faking us out because you know we we got our main guy, and he's get he's getting front confronted by these guys who who look really capable of doing something to him, but he, he dispatches them pretty easily. And then he gets sometimes outside. off screen, which is a bit frustrating. Sometimes off screen, yeah. And then he gets outside. And we get one of the best-looking visual introductions for a bad guy, you know. So, so we've got this guy standing in the rain, wearing his sort of Chinese-style sunglasses, drinking a cup of tea and holding an umbrella with the other hand. The umbrella, yeah. Yeah, and it just looks brilliant. You know, you, you look at this guy and you go, "Yeah, you, you know that bit in The Simpsons where." Um, 
there's a fight between the Yakuza and the mob on 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 their front lawn, and mm. get, Homer gets pulled inside the house. And he's going, but look, that guy hasn't done anything yet. He's just looking at them because you know he's going to do something cool any second now. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets inside. And he just hear these sound effects. He's going, oh. and that's what we get here. We get we get this guy. You know, he he is as good as he thinks he is, basically. And yet again, you know, um, we we get a sequence which doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. But just before you think it's a bit too nihilistic, it introduces the best character, not only the best character, the best looking character, um, the guy's wife. And I cannot wait. I, I demand they make the next part because, you know, just in her couple of seconds or a minute or whatever it is that she's on screen, she is mesmerizing you know and and the way they sort of like portray her skills and everything it's like i want to see this i really do yeah they kind of uh it's uh, it's they, they do certainly sideswipe you again with that <laughs> ending they set it's, it up i mean it's promoted yeah. they they um the guy the guy who made it uh lokman lokman ali mm. really i mean i would have never expected uh, an action film from uganda one to have the level of you know action yeah. choreography oh, and stuff like this but also it's aesthetic so crisp yeah the it whole thing the fantastic. way it's lit and everything um all the action is very clear cut very well put together it, yeah the cinematography is superb all no the influences there. i think what you're saying with the with the umbrella and and you know the introduction of the character they they pitched this as a kind of a um african john wick like they mm. kind of put that out it's not really very John Wick. There's no gunplay no. and stuff. It's not really very John Wick. But the way the character, like you say, the character introductions mm. are quite John Wick in terms yep. of the the um, especially like uh, like the more recent John Wicks rather than the first one. Um, but the it's I also think like uh, Kill Bill is hanging over this yep. quite a lot. There's there's, a, there's an influence there. But yeah, it's uh, this really really. Um, I was not expecting this. Um, I, I really need to see some of the the other films made by. Mm. Lokman Ali, uh, it's uh, it's a very very a very surprising film in in a number of ways, both from you know from its origins and you know the kind of you know where where the story goes and whatever. Yeah, I definitely I, I really really hope we do, we do get a sequel which mm -hmm. develops that promise because uh, yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic uh, little film. Right, we're getting down to the t two of the strongest films on the list as far as I'm concerned, Rich, and I mm. can go either way. Which where do you want to go? Well, uh, I'm going to, because this one is, is, the next one is thematically also uh, quite similar to Behind a Closed Door. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start with Samira, because okay. this one also, uh, say the, the start of this film is uh, a guy sitting in his car and mm. he's got to get, he's trying, he's, he's, he's thinking about his next step and what his objection is, uh, objective is. He's not got to fight his way to get into a place. He's going to get in there this time, but it's going to be a very different kind of situation to what we've seen before. Unlike uh, Ubuntu Apocar, he's not just going to go in silent. You know, this is not a, a you know, you know, uh, a man of pure action. Uh, he's going to go in there and he's just going to talk to the locals and, and, and you know, try and get the information. He's going to, mm. you know, try his best not to have a fight. Um, but when the time comes, he's going to rise to the occasion. Absolutely. This is a guy who talks softly but carries a big stick kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. Of all the films that we've covered, this one is the one I would 
desperately love to see as a feature because it takes the classic trope of a you know the stranger coming to a, sm a small town face facing various prejudices um asking the wrong questions stirring up trouble that mm -hmm, sort of thing mm -hmm. you know yeah, it's, yeah. it is it is jack Re reacher you know it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing yes absolutely but, but, but the twist is, is is the guy's ethnicity. I mean, he's, he's either Iraqi or Afghanistan or something. Uh, yeah, you know, I think he's or, Arabian. Yeah, some, some Middle Eastern kind of background. So it immediately stirs up these prejudicial sort of ideas. You know, these people are like, hey, I lost friends in Iraq and all this sort of stuff, you know, because of guys like you. So he's facing that sort of level of prejudice and dealing with it with a plum you know what i mean he's he's um doing his best not to have to do anything because he knows that it there's a whole lot of baggage that comes with it and it's it's a really really interesting character piece on that level um mm. and it's a fight in a laundromat which is great you know <laughs> eventually get there but i I've, i think the characterization i think the i the concept is superb you know um it, it is right for a feature i think yeah, it's written by a guy called uh, Jaron Bray, who mm. I also think is um, sort of uh, in the stunt community. He did a film called uh, Rideshare, which is also really worth checking out. some interesting mm. story stuff as well as action going on in that. Um, this one's... Uh, he actually uh, he directed that one. The um, This one is uh, directed by... Uh, oh, sorry, uh, misplaced the thing. Uh, uh, William Carnahan. Carnahan. Yeah, yeah William Carnahan. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's much more of a like I think Jack Reacher is a good comparison because it's uh it's more of this uh, dramatic uh, action kind of film and uh, the so it's another one where the kind of the uh, the action becomes it is the culmination it is kind of the climax of the film in this case mm -hmm. um, but it's it's not the be all and end all now what's the um, what's the, the the one thing that's sort of dissatisfying to me is that. Although it doesn't feel like it's a film set up as like a uh, as as a um, as a proof of concept or anything, it doesn't have any kind of conclusion, really, because he he's going in to get information uh, to find his uh, sister, I believe. Yes, and that's right. She's kind of she's kind of the motivation, but there's not much there's there's not much more than that. They don't really do anything there. There's no there's no point of him actually. Uh, getting to the next step uh, or, or finding her, you know, there's no, there's no satisfying resolution in that. So, so, so they introduce that as, you know, they introduce her and, you know, sort of hear her voice a little bit, but then it's kind of almost forgotten about because it's, you know, it becomes just about the action scene. And I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more at the end mm -hmm. where they were sort of um, uh, took it, took it maybe a little bit further down the road. Um but it's good. So this what, is, what you're this saying isn't... is it made you, it left you wanting more, Rich, as well. That's well, what it did. Yeah, it did. But I don't know if it's, I say, that's that's the thing. I'm not sure if it's whether they intend it to do more because it doesn't, although it's inconclusive, I don't get the impression that they're trying to sell a bigger film. Right. Um, maybe they shame. maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong about it. But it's, it's sort of, that, that, that just sort of leaves that sort of uh, thread hanging just a bit, a bit more than, you know, so Ubuntu Uppercut ends on a cliffhanger. You know that that's completely unresolved, but it sort of gives us something to there's there there is a there is a climax and a sort of a twist, whereas this mm -hmm. one is kind of just like okay, he hasn't quite got what he wants, but we saw a nice fight. But it's um, 
I don't know. But I think it does sort of like lead into, you know, because he sort of basically tells them his hope where he's staying, mm. <laughs> you know, which means he's going to be inundated with bad guys, basically. I think there's definitely, I mean, you could take, I mean, the, the hero is so uh, uh, un, not, not very clearly defined. There's definitely a John Wick kind of potential with this character or, say, Jack Reacher of mm. the guy who we don't fully know his past and whatever. And it's like, he might actually be more, there might actually be a lot more going on here that, you know, they don't go sort of go out of the way to sort of say he's a, you know, he's a special cool. course guy. He's clearly got these skills and stuff. And um, I could see, you know, this character uh, having a bigger story, you know, they're, they're making this uh, a film um, and, and definitely with the same uh, guy, Ali Al-Saleh. Again, I don't know. I don't think he's a martial artist. I think he's an actor sort of do, uh, who's been trained to do some of this, yeah. to do this stuff, but he's, the fight he is, you know, well. it, it's it's not a showy fight, but it, is, <coughs> no. it has a level of sort of realism to it, and, mm, and he, you know, yeah. he comes across as a guy who could definitely sort of, you know, take take on three guys and win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is definitely one of my sort of contenders um, in total. Okay, Rich, it's the last film of the list, and yeah. it is Sayonara. Um, appropriately enough <laughs> indeed yeah um so so this is a brazilian brazilian film. yeah brazilian so film, it's yeah. in portuguese um i really do like this a lot it does have a couple of flaws i think but for the most part this is a really strong you know gritty revenge thriller um tell us more uh, well, they, uh, th this is a film that's sort of kind of quite a slow burn. Uh, it's very much sort of laying the groundwork of the drama mm. before the actual uh, uh, carnage sort of takes place. It's got a, um, uh, when you go to the YouTube link, uh, it does kick in with uh, sort of like a teaser of what the action is going to be later in the film, um, which I don't know how you feel about it. I kind of wish they wouldn't do that because although it's, it's kind of grabs you, mm. but then it kind of spoils it just a little bit. It does a bit. I, I'm, I am against this this latest trend um, because it, it's basically, you know, the marketers not having any any faith in 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 their own product. If you see what I mean, it's like saying, "Look, this is going to get exciting in a minute." You know, even yeah. in the trailer, you know, we get these trailers now which have a teaser for the trailer yeah. at the beginning. You know, and it's like. Look, yeah, we're going to have to do some establishing exposition at the beginning of this, but don't worry, we'll show you the good stuff. Um, it's all about that sort of short, catching the short attention yeah, span, exactly. isn't it? And that, like, um, I think it's also, you know, when you go on YouTube and they, uh, if you hover over something, it sort of like scrolls a little preview, starts playing yeah, a little bit. That's right. I think it's all to do with kind of that yeah. and grabbing the attention and doing. We've seen it on, uh, I think it was Oath of Honor, the, I think it was Vietnamese yeah. film we saw. Godfrey Reichwart's stuff, um, I've seen he, that on a few, even though they're only yeah, four or five minutes long. Exactly. Yeah, he, he, even his stuff does it. I but that, that aside... Grab you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that anyway, aside, getting, into, I think getting the film this, proper then. Yes. The, um, uh, so, yeah, the, what this, this, uh, the, we find uh, this young woman uh, grieving, uh, basically. Uh, the, the, there's nothing really established at first. It's very slow. We don't, uh, it's a, a film that doesn't really have any dialogue uh, for the most part. Um, I don't, I'm not sure the heroine uh, uh, ever actually speaks, if I, I can't remember. I think uh, she exactly. has a, well, so I think she's a, a conversation with oh, her oh, okay. boyfriend leading up to the inciting incident. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, 
so she's basically uh, yeah. So then we get a flashback later on, which uh, establishes what happened, uh, and essentially they were um, you know they crossed paths with a a, a, a group of um, fairly uh, racist uh, you know yeah. bullies, and uh, her, um, her husband is. Uh, beaten to very severely and very brutally yeah, very brutal uh, beaten moment. to death and um th that scene itself is I, I was a bit disconcerted not just not by the um uh, you know the language and, and the slurs and, and that sort of thing obviously mm. but they're in the car and this guy approached them and he's and uh the guy never actually really sort of it, uh defends his wife mm. it, it's it's sort of like it's left. He's very, very passive. He's mm -hmm. he's almost completely passive, and it, he gets upset about um, the slur. Yeah, the, the it's, it's not when the guy's wasn't... sort of like you know. It's not like a you know get away from my wife. What are you doing? Kind of thing when he's sort of like yeah. sleazing on her. Uh, it's actually it's just the slur that is this sort of mm -hmm. thing that prompts him into action, and is actually what leads to the thing. But anyway, I, I don't know why why it was that way, but that's that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, that that part of it sort of didn't quite work for me, but boy, you know that things get brutal uh, from there. And after that, we get the uh, the development into the actual um, uh, the sort of mission of vengeance part of it, where she's actually uh, sort of getting up. It reminded me a lot of Korean uh, um, sort mm -hmm. of vengeance kind of movie, Lady Vengeance kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I thought the you know even something like the villainess as well. Yeah. You know, there's there's a little bit of that sort of neon aesthetic that comes in at the end with the with the whole nightclub sort of uh, beatdown, you know, uh, event, uh, action sequence that happens at the end. Um, yeah, what did you think? I really liked it once I actually got once it got to the inciting incident mm. and, and went forward. The, the grieving bit at the beginning, I don't think it was really clear enough as to what was actually going on. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of faffing around, a lot of you know, a very useless um, sort of flashes of the past and that sort of thing. It's it's nothing that you can sort of grab grab onto to sort of go ah right, I see where where you know what sort of headspace is in or anything like that. Mm -hmm. However, um, you know, we we, we get we, we can see her training. Um, it's funny enough, reminding me of Silent Night a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of the things I, I love about the trade off of Silent Night is the fact that, you know, he's this mild mannered guy, but he trains himself to be a badass sort of thing, you know, um, which I thought was great. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what she does here, you know, she, she goes out of her way to sort of learn how to box and that sort of thing. There are a couple of other niggles. There's, there's a little bit where somebody turns up at the house and, and you're like, well, okay, well, who's that? Because he's never seen again or, or has any context whatsoever, um, mm -hmm. which, which is really silly. Um, but yeah, the, how the did whole... you? Go on. No, no, sorry, go on. I'm going to say that yeah, the whole sequence, you know, the, the um, second half or the um, the final act, um, starting with the fact that we don't see the first kill; it's all mm -hmm. done in the bathroom, and we're looking at yeah. it from. <laughs> Yeah, the, the main heavy's point of view. He realizes something's wrong because this guy's taking ages in the loo. Um, and he can hear things, you know, behind the sort of, the, you know, the music in the nightclub. He, he can hear stuff going on. And then she comes out, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, that, that whole sequence, superb. Very John Wick as well, I thought. Yeah. Um, it's mm -hmm. quite, um, Elements of that. There's, because uh, the, there's, 
what happens is she's got the um when they first meet the basically the whole thing is her fault to an extent because she's been texting on her phone and whatever when she's driving if mm-hmm. i recall correctly and she nearly runs over these guys which is what you know attracts their attention and, and kicks yeah, things off just, in the whole just, just, so i think yeah, but it's all blown out of proportion. I mean, you know, they, it they is, made, but... it's an excuse for them to be assholes and, and racist assholes. Yeah, yeah. And then her husband makes the situation worse. They could have gone, yeah. you know, and she, he could have turned around and go, are you okay? Fine. Okay, let's just go, you know, let's get out of here sort of thing. But no, he's like, yeah. winds his window down and go, what'd you say? You know, that sort of thing. It's like, well, that's why I'm saying great. it's a really weird decision there that he makes. He say he doesn't sort of intervene when you know the guy's actually right in the, her face in the window yeah about, you know he, he didn't say oh sorry Wait, you know yeah, it was a yeah. miss you know we yeah exactly but it, it, it's you know he, he waits until they're sort of like across the street and then go then says something and even even then he doesn't drive off mm. you know or, or you know or she doesn't drive off they're still stuck there you know which is crazy mm. anyway what else you got but the um the guy is well, the, I was just saying the guy sort of he's he's carrying this baseball bat, and that becomes sort of a a, a key prop uh, because then she turns the bat on them at the end. There's the whole thing with the oh, no, with he, the, uh, she, the baseball she, and stuff, and she's hitting the yeah, baseball. She had the baseball bat. The baseball bat was from their car. Oh, was it? Sorry, I thought the guy was crossing the road and he was carrying no, no, the baseball. Bat. No, no, she she had it. She hits him with it on the back, but at the time she she's so weak you know she, she's just some weak little woman kind of thing yeah yeah. and he hardly notices but then he takes he snatches it off her and then right. uses it to to batter her husband with it right okay okay um but still really uh yeah a sort of significant quite a significant sort of property so i think they the, say so it does sort of the style does change over the course of the film it is mm-hmm. like very the first 15 minutes or sorry yeah but but the first 10 12 minutes are very um sort of quite grounded and i would say the sort of revenge bit in the second part gets quite fantastical you know she's getting caught you know she gets all mm-hmm. dressed up and and the um yeah. the lighting and that in the club and everything it, it takes it kind of to a to a different kind of fantastic fantastical level yeah. but i think it works i think still the whole thing works so you it is a bit too slow for the first seven or eight minutes too slow I would too, say. too enigmatic there's another bit where she jumps in the pool you know um mm. And her phone's ringing on on the on you know in the kitchen. You you yeah. never see who's calling her or why it's important. You know, mm. it's, it's stuff like that. It's like yeah, yeah, you're not you're not bringing us in enough. You know, to to these little bits for us to really care. It's only when we actually sort of see what happens to her husband that you know yeah, yeah. sort of the empathy and the sympathy kicks in. You know, but up to that point, we're sort of watching it, and going, okay, there's something going on. We're not really sure what up to, up at this point. On a on a on a completely sort of random tangent note, you know the way the title, you know the title comes up, Sayonara at yeah. the start, and it kind of fills the screen. Yeah. Uh, Saw X basically does exactly the same thing because <laughs> I saw I just saw it the weekend, and, and it well, basically it's, a, it's interesting it, as well. It's the you same know, presentation of the title, so it yeah. fills the screen like right up. <laughs> I, do, I do I do like that sort of thing, but yeah. what's annoying with this? You know, you mentioned we we mentioned there's that that sort of teaser bit at the beginning. Mm, yeah, and the title comes up then, Sirenara. Then the film starts, and then you know, a few minutes in, we get the title come up again. It's yeah, like yeah. you know, it's like oh yeah, you, you just did that. It's weird, you know. But there you go. But I did really like it. You know, once it once it gets going, this 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 was very good indeed. 
yeah, it's definitely a cut. I'm uh, definitely a cut above. I'm not familiar with the much of the the director's work before Chris Tex. Uh, I'm, I'm just having a quick look. Uh, it's done. Uh, there's a there's a short called Wind Princess, which I think is a fan film. Um, I'm not 100. Oh yeah, it's a Norsica. Oh yeah, I think it's a Norsica fan film. Um, and uh, there's also uh, what else have we got? The uh, yeah, so no, uh, there's like some stuff. I think it's all a lot of it's say um, Portuguese, so it probably hasn't really sort of migrated to yeah. to um, to our shores. But I think Sinar is definitely sort of something to, that's going to sort of hopefully sort of put them on the map internationally. And yeah. uh, you know, with this, I say with this um, fan film, maybe that that will take things a bit further because I think there's definitely you know definitely a very talented filmmaker. I mean, the cast yeah. were very good as well. I must say, um, say uh, the 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 actress in, in the lead. Um, mm -hmm. who was uh, Samira Hayashi uh, was very good, and same uh, Miguel Nader as the as the sort of leader of the of the gang um, is is you know very intimidating and makes a good. He, he, he's like he's like Vin Diesel if Vin Diesel was a Nazi kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and there's a high body count in in that sort of final club scene. Yep. Um, you know, it's not See, a one-on-one -on -one kind of situation. Yeah, the, the, the violence in this is on a level to the film um, insane that we we covered earlier. You know, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite quite riskful. Yeah. There's, a, there's a very nasty sort of stabbing bit, and then sort of the, the knife sort of dragged up through the body. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, like, yes. Um, yeah, great stuff, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really great good. I'm definitely, that. definitely, um, definitely pleased. Great one to end on. I think you know, it's one of the more sort of lengthy and substantial of the shorts. Mm -hmm. um that we've sort of curated here we've gone through so many um say uh, 30 we've had here yeah. um what have uh just before we sort of wrap it up uh what what have you sort of you know what would you say of your favorites of uh of this of the ones that we've covered if you can remember through yeah. all of well all well of i mean i think my top two are bounty and samira mm -hmm. so they, they really did it for me about a bounty because you know partly because of the music partly because of the, the way you know the um they choreographed the film to the music and and yeah. just the sheer energy of what they actually you know pump into it um mm -hmm. uh, gets my vote uh but also as i said um earlier you know samira is the one for me which had the best narrative it, it's the one that i would love to see extended you know we, we've, we've seen this set up so many times you know the sort of the stranger walking into a small town meeting a certain level of prejudice that sort yeah. of thing but i don't think we've had it yet where it's like somebody from afghanistan or iraq or you know so somewhere in the middle east and, and and having to deal with that and at the same time deal with some scumbag criminals you know it, it's um it must be so difficult to sort of move through you know move forward through all of that um to, to to achieve his objectives so yeah I'd, I'd love to see that being blown up to a feature and then thirdly uh, gonna... thirdly i'd say yeah, agent red 2. oh yeah well that's what i was going to say agent red 2 was one is one of my sort of key picks uh that you know i'm not expecting um, that you know you guys listening to this to go and watch i mean it'd be fantastic if you did go and watch every single one of these shorts but you know if if you only pick a handful, I would say you know say go with uh, you know Mike's recommendations and you know things like um, oh I mean obviously whatever's 
piqued your interest from what we talked mm-hmm. about, but I would say Agent Red 2, uh, Ubuntu Uppercut. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, definitely Chopsticks. Um, of course. And if you've only got a few minutes, Fight or Flight, you know, because um, you know, mm-hmm. that'll give you a great flavour. Yeah. Um, but all, all of these, all, all, all uh, these in one way or another, are winners. What's, what's the other one called? Is it Flight Lesson? The other God for Rai Kite one? Uh, the Lesson. Yeah, The, the lesson, lesson is very good if you've only got a minute to spare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also uh, Daniel Lock of Heroes 2, um, Sour Trade and... Uh, strat- stratagem, stratagem was the stratagem. other one. Um, yeah. But yeah, the you know the choreography in those are really really strong. They're really worth checking out. Cool. All right, that is the end of this week's episode, or this episode at least. Um, we shall look to doing another um, short shots soon. I nearly said short shots shortly. That would. Um... <laughs> <laughs> tongue-tied uh but we hope you um you, you check some of these out you know most of them around about this sort of 10 minutes or less uh, a couple like um uh sayonara and a, a what's it called a drowning heart you know drowning heart yeah that's a bit shorter about 20 minutes long yeah 20 25 minutes um but most of them you can you, you know you, you can sort of eat them in bite-sized chunks which um mm. would be great yeah, go check them out and uh, check out, you know, have a look at what else turns up in, on that page when you're, um, you know, scanning through. I'm give sure them a like, give them a subscribe, because some, some Absolutely. of these get lots and lots of views and others get, you know, don't get many at all. Uh, you'd be surprised actually how view, low some of the viewing numbers are on some of these really, really good shorts. Um, I say so the um, every, anything you can do, you know whether it's comment or, you know, give them a like or subscribe yeah, to their channels and stuff. It all makes a difference. So, so, um, and helps it, you know, with algorithms and stuff, which um, is, you know, we're, we're very much in favor Indeed. of you know, supporting all these people. It's, um, whether it's someone if, if, who's quite established, like Godfrey Reichfart or somebody who's, who we're not, you know, or somebody up and coming like Aiden Sussex or, um, you know, even somebody who's, we, we're only sort of seeing their sort of stuff for the first time, like Martin yeah. Reyes with uh, Z43. Yeah. So, um, yeah, or, keep an eye on these people and uh, uh, support them as much as you absolutely. can. Absolutely. And whoever it was who did that bloody Ubuntu up, uppercut as well, because he keep it. Oh, yeah, Ali, uh, Lock, Ali, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's got loads of uh, films uh, that I need to check out. Not, not, he doesn't concentrate necessarily on action stuff. He, sort mm. of, he varies, I think. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely but he's one of good. the um, yeah. directors to keep an eye on, keep look absolutely. out for. Damn good filmmaker. Okay, thank you for listening. Tune in again. Actually, before I do that, um, okay, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest and the Short Shots, uh, where Rich will um, put a link to a new short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.